It's time for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. For the next three hours, it's high school basketball from across the Mountain State. Live from Marshall University, here's your host, Ryan Epling. And as we are on the now into the middle of February, we welcome you to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. I'm Ryan Epling along with James Collier, Bill Cornwell with you in studio tonight. We'll hear from Tulsa Lady Rebels head coach Rick Marone a little bit later on. But we have two teams whose seasons ended tonight. That's right. The, the window for sectional tournament play on the girls' side began tonight. Now, many teams chose to play regular season games and won't get their postseasons underway for another day or perhaps early next week. But one sectional said, you know what? Let's go at it tonight. Let's jump ahead. Let's jump ahead. So we've got, as I mentioned, two girls' team seasons have come to an end. We'll talk about that uh, much more later on as we get through the course of the program. Also, Tonight, the uh, West Virginia Christian Association tournament is underway in progress down in Beckley. We'll have some final scores from, from that as well. So not just SSAC schools, but also the um, Christian schools that are within West Virginia on the private side that are not SSAC members. And again, we welcome you into another Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And James, when we're talking about basketball, we're talking postseason now i mean it's just the blink of an eye postseason and summer weather yeah we're not talking about practice we're nah. talking about postseason and uh, i was funny i was i did an interview today um when we were talking about that and i said you know it's, it's hard to fathom the thought that we're talking about sectionals for girls we're what 10 days away from the guys you start when you hear the the term msac night of champions that's what sets yeah. everything in motion and it's uh, it's it's hard to believe because it really it has it. It felt like two weeks ago we just tipped off the season, and while we have suffered through quite the winter storms so far this season, kudos to all of the schools for doing a great job of getting a lot of games scheduled, uh, getting a lot of games re rescheduled to be played. But um, certainly some of those schools have felt the repercussions of having to play in such of those. Uh, including at uh, Woodrow Wilson falling for only the second time this season, but that was coming off of four games and I believe five days in which the Capitol got the best of the Flying Eagles. A lot of mileage on the court. There were a lot of teams over the last two or three weeks, uh, different parts of the state had different uh, makeup scenarios going on, but there were a lot of teams that played what I always referred to as an NBA schedule. I said, boys and girls, if you want to know what the NBA is like, We'll play those three games in four days or four games in five days and, and, and about half of them on the road, and you've got to look at it and you've got to feel for it. And uh, that is a torture test, but it's also a, a test to uh, determine the toughness of a team heading into what starts actually started tonight and next week, and that is the postseason. Well, the postseason is what everyone tends to look forward to. But we have a lot of great regular season games going on tonight as well. We'll get you a score literally in just a moment, but I want to tease ahead here. You've got a big matchup in the Big Ten right now between Robert Seabird and Bridgeport. That game's into the fourth quarter. And uh, without giving it away just yet, we'll get you a score on that in just a moment. But, uh, James, those two teams, at Bridgeport 
with only one loss. It came at the buzzer to Huntington uh, last week. And RCB has four losses. Three of them were by basically one possession. And the other one was a double-digit loss to Bridgeport. But RCB tonight seems to be controlling pace again. And, uh, uh, you know, let's we'll, we'll tell you right now, Bridgeport's on the ropes. Yeah, Bridgeport's on the ropes and time expiring quickly for the Indians. But uh, it's, it's this is the time when teams want to get that momentum flowing. They want to go into the postseason on a positive note. And you know, we saw this a few years ago whenever we had the winter storms that seemed like it canceled nearly the entire month of January into February, and you had some teams scrambling just to get 15 games in for the entire season. There were teams went home, or that went home, excuse me, because of they didn't have legs, their conditioning was out of, of sorts, because they said some teams that didn't get in the gym for nearly a week, you can lose three or four months' worth of conditioning in a week. When you don't get on the floor, you can't get in the gymnasium. And that really plays into the fact of one of the topics that we've talked about so many times through the entirety of this show, not just this season, but all year. It's when you have that no no school, no play. It's also no school, no practice. Mm. And when you get some of the schools that saw 40 inches of snow dumped on top of them earlier this year, we saw that. There were some schools that didn't see the gymnasium for a week. And you have to wonder... Had that happened maybe two weeks ago, how much that affects the teams going back. Now they have enough room to start to reestablish, get a good flow going, but don't blink too fast. Enjoy the weather this weekend. <laughs> Old man Winter's headed back this way next week. Yeah, right in time for the postseason. The, uh, That's about right timing for it. Yeah, yeah we're, we're expecting another winter storm next week. But if you want to join us on the program, give us a call. one 345 4709 is the number. Once again, one 855 Three four five four seven zero nine. You can also interact with us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup. And as always, visit the uh, visit the website basketballnight.com. It has all of your information. Got a really nice co- uh, received a really nice compliment on the website. That um, since I don't necessarily have the direct things to do with it, I want to pass along to you guys. But uh, I was at a ball game last night and. So I said, hey, I go to basketball night now, not basketballnight.com. That's my, that's my main site now to find out everything. Go to place. It's all there. So yeah. that's, that's uh, what we wanted know, to That be. was our old motto, the, the one we started with, the one-stop shop for everything high school hoops in the Mountain State. And, um, you know, hats off to, to Marcus Constantino. He's the, the mad scientist that makes it all possible. <laughs> and uh, some of the things that he's been able to come up with with the website and how much it's, it has evolved since we started season one. Here we are now almost through season three. And um, it's, uh, it's amazing to see what he's been able to do and the tools that he gives us for the, the show as well, especially with the spreadsheet. It's it's uh, kind of like Mike Stanley. You, you ask him for something technical, he makes it happen. If he can't, it, does, it doesn't exist. Right. Marcus is pretty much the same way with the website. And uh, big hats off to, uh, to all the guys behind the scenes that uh, take care of us each and every week and uh, keeping this show up and operational and trying to make our uh, nice mugs uh, made for radio, making them look somewhat for TV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Basketballnight.com. Of course, you can see the web stream of this tonight live as well. And I do again want to, just to, one more point before we do the scoreboard update here is that uh, those guys in the back make our jobs out here very easy, and uh, it's not just the guys in the back, but also uh, the folks upstairs as well. So uh, it basically takes two floors of this building to make this show operate, and we use every bit of it. We appreciate all they do, but 
We know you want scores, and we've got our first scoreboard update. I'll get the boys' scores, and I'll turn it over to uh, James for the first girls' scoreboard update here in just a moment. But right now, it's time for your first check of the BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Looking for scores? Look no more. Visit BasketballNight.com. I'm going to actually steal the girls and start there, and you can do the boys' games, James, because two girls' sectional games have already been played. Class A, Region 4, Section 1. It was Doddridge County defeating Calhoun County 64-38. The Lady Red Devils season ends. Also in Region 4, Section 1, Class Single A, Parkersburg Catholic defeats Work County 51-23. The Tigers season ends at 0-22. So Parkersburg Catholic and Doddridge County both moving on in the Class A Region 4, Section 1 tournament. Now, regular season games from the girls' side. Wheeling Central defeats Charleston Catholic 43-34. It was East Hardy defeating Moorefield in the Battle of Hardy County 45-24, the final there. North Marion, fresh off of a handing Lincoln its first loss of the season this week. North Marion defeats Grafton 83-67. The Huskies are now 17-3. Princeton over Riverview tonight, 37-32. The Tigers, 14-5. Riverview drops to 13-7, still having a great season. Westside defeats Scott tonight, 70-40. It was Martinsburg over University, 71-58. Also a final tonight, Summers County defeats Independence, 88-30. Brittany Justice, 23 points tonight for the Lady Bobcats. Greenbrier East defeats Pendleton County. 84-30, the AAA Spartans get the win over the single-A Wildcats. Also tonight in the West Virginia Christian Association Tournament, boy, uh, girls action, it was Wood County Christian defeating Green Greater Beckley Christian, 56-39. James has a look at the boys' scores tonight. All right, we'll start uh, with Bishop Donahue falling to Cameron, 63-51. It was Brooke knocking off Weirs, 69-52. Willing Central over Payton City, 67-42. Harler with 20 for the Maroon Knights. It was Chapmanville with an 87-70 win over the Wayne Pioneers. Fayetteville drops the Richwood Lumberjacks, 86-51. Musselman leads Hedgesville, 50-31. That game at the end of the third Hedgesville 16 and 3 on the ropes with one quarter to go. Sissonville leads Herbert Hoover 31-24. That's at the end of the third. At the half, Liberty Harrison on top of Ritchie County 21 to 11. Wyoming East hits the century mark tonight with a win over Liberty Raleigh 100 to 74. Martinsburg on top of Washington at the half 48 to 12. Midland Trail knocks off Nicholas County 88-73. Mingo Central on top of the Scott Skyhawks, 29-21 at the half. Morgantown moves to 19-0 to match the other team at 19-0, the Huntington Highlanders at the top of the Class AAA standings with a 66-39 beatdown of the Wheeling Park Patriots. Notre Dame with a 79-62 win over Tucker County. Shady Spring defeats Independence, 57-49. As we mentioned, Bridgeport on the ropes against Robert C. Bird. It's 42-33, and with 2.45 left to go in the fourth quarter, the Eagles trying to hand the Indians only their second loss 
of the season. Tug Valley with a 92-42 win over Valley Fayette. Hurricane picks up win number eight over St. Albans tonight, 66-57. It was the Polka Dots over Charleston Catholic, 62-35. Cross Lanes Christian defeats Greater Beckley Christian, 58-47. In the third, Bluefield on top of Greenbrier East, 42-19. And Taze Valley Christian defeated Ambassador Christian, 72-240. That's the first check of your basketballnight.com scoreboard update. One quick thing real quick. I want to pass along thoughts and prayers tonight to Charlotte uh, men's basketball team. They lost their student manager, Austin Rainey. He was killed tragically yesterday in a car accident heading up to Washington, D.C. with a student trip. So uh, Charlotte was here last night, headed over um, for a matchup with Western Kentucky Hilltoppers tomorrow. So uh, thoughts and prayers to everybody with Charlotte on the way down. Absolutely. And um, just in terms of what we just we just got there, scores that we were, we were listening to, again, that RCB-Bridgeport game, we knew that was going to be an outstanding game. It is living up to the billing right now. And it just went final. Yeah. RCB winners. All right, so RCB beats Bridgeport. We hope to hear from Bill Nestor a little bit later on tonight. And uh, we're also going to work on getting uh, Alan Osborne, the head coach of Poco. We want to um, like to talk to him. So um, his team still hasn't lost to a West Virginia team now since the state tournament two years ago uh, when they lost to Bluefield. And uh, their two losses this year were in South Carolina. And I've been waiting to tell this story because I want to tie this all together real fast. When they went to the Beach Ball Classic in South Carolina, the Beach Ball Classic put on at Sockesty High School, Mm -hmm. founded by, not the school, but the the tournament in part by current Marshall coach and Wyoming County native Dan D'Antoni. Sockesty High School happens to be, uh, when I was in high school playing uh, baseball at, at Wayne High School, we went to um, the Hawaiian Tropics Classic, my sophomore, junior, and senior years, which is loaded with West Virginia teams, New York teams, North and South Carolina teams, and Virginia teams that, that go down to the, to the Myrtle Beach area and the Grand Strand for spring break. We played some. We played one game at Sockesty High School, home of the Braves, so I've been there. One of the teams that beat Polka was Mullins High School. The Auctioneers played them in baseball. They won the South Carolina AA State Championship that year. They lost to us twice. <laughs> Had to throw that in there. Go, go tell that to Dan. Yeah. Dan D'Antoni. <laughs> uh, Certainly yeah. he'd love to hear that. In fact, we went into Mullins, again, not West Virginia, Mullins, South Carolina. Oh, okay. On their okay. senior night. Okay, different Mullins. Different Mullins. Yeah. Different Mullins. We, we went yeah. to the Mullins Auctioneers. We went into their... Uh, their baseball field on their senior night didn't really know who we were playing in terms of we didn't know how good they were. We'd played them the night before and beaten them at Myrtle Beach High School. Um, they had a guy named Wes McCall who went on to, you know, it turned out he was the uh, South Carolina AA player of the year that year. And uh, we beat them two to nothing on their senior night. It was their only home loss of the year. They went on to win the South Carolina AA state title. But again, they went 0 2 against us. You've been waiting all year to tell that story. I have. <laughs> that is story time with uh, with Ryan right there. Yeah. But uh, nonetheless, we we enjoyed it, and uh, it was just interesting to see the some familiar names show up on the the docket for who Polka was playing at the Myrtle Beach uh, you know Beach Ball Classic because they played Sockesty, and again, we didn't play against Sockesty, but one of the games was at Sockesty, and then uh, again we we played Mullins twice and. 
fascinating how the small auctioneers. the world is. The auctioneers. Oh, now, that's a killer nickname. Oh, they have a big water tower right beyond the wall in left field. It's a very simple-looking uh, place, actually. It's a, it's a small town, not unlike those in West Virginia, very calm. The only thing is it doesn't have hills or mountains right around it, but uh, good small-town atmosphere, and they got a really good basketball team and a North Carolina commit who's down there right now named Felton. That should sound familiar, right? Raymond Felton. Raymond uh, Felton. <laughs> that is not him, but... Uh, uh, I would imagine there's some connection. Yeah, that, that tends to be how it works out. But we're going to step aside, take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk more basketball Friday night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. High School Basketball's Voice in the Mountain State. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. High School Basketball action in West Virginia is heating up as teams focus on a trip to the state championship in Charleston. Stay up to date with your local team and its progress all season long with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia for three hours every Friday night from 9 to midnight. Listen online or on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Hear sports writers, broadcasters, coaches, players, and your calls recapping your team's game. Visit basketballnight.com for more details on how you can become part of the show. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. And thanks to everyone that has sent us all the game reschedules. You can send your game reschedules by text, tweets, and emails. We appreciate you being part of all the people out there updating us on all the rescheduled games throughout the Mountain State. Send your rescheduled games via Twitter. Send it to at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. You can also text us 304-249-4924, 304-249-4924. And you can send us an email. Email scores at basketballnight.com, scores at basketballnight.com. Go to our website and check it out. Find out how you can connect with the show. A shout-out to all our new Twitter followers. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. New followers include Christina Fox at KFox underscore Pravado. Traquan Gibson. Lucas Haynes at Luda304. Coach Wiley at Alex1967. Thanks for following us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. Two out of three really isn't bad. I know I've used that one before when we were one out of three, but that, this time a meatloaf would be proud. 918 on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia. As I throw out references that are way too old. For I'm serious. Saying you just went against the age again. I know. You're doing that very frequently here lately. I'm starting to feel old. Well, you're, that happens. You're not my generation, and you're, you're acting like it. That's scary. <laughs> That's my generation. You're the, these musical illusions you're making. I'm afraid I'm aging faster than my. Well, here, here's here's a funny story. Okay, you, we've we, it's a story time tonight. Right. Um, when I first started working with uh, WFGH and doing football, I remember my first football broadcast at uh, Spring Valley High School, 
And who was on the call with me but none other? Wah. The guy that I remember listening to as a kid on Key Radio. Yeah. Bill Cornwell, Key News. And I was like in awe because I was sitting next to the living legend. And now here I am sitting across from him, sharing a studio with him again. You know who I called my first game with? Bill Cornwell. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you did. That was 2005. Bill, Bill you, you feeling old yet? <laughs> All right. We've, made, we've left Billy C. speechless over here for a while. I guess I'm the mentor. I don't know. <laughs> that, I like that one. Right. That's a we'll, good one. We'll go with that. Yeah. That might be a good series. We need to find someone to develop that as a series. The mentor. A mentor led by Bill Cornwell. Yeah. Hey, you know, ask, You're fired. Asking you shall receive, though. The Polka Dots are 17-2 and two after picking up a win tonight over Charleston Catholic. Okay. Head coach of the Dots is Alan Osborne. He joins us now on the program. And, uh, Coach, first off, welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Hope you're having a good evening. Well, thank you. Yeah, we're having a real good evening. we got a W tonight, so anytime you win, you feel pretty good. A uh, nice win over Charleston Catholic, 60-35. to 35. And uh, earlier this week, you were able to knock off county rival Poke, or excuse me, county rival Hurricane, 61-49, did that at home. And, uh, Coach, uh, I've got to say, just from a results standpoint within the state of West Virginia, things looking very similar at this point to what they did at this point for you guys last year as well. Well, we're really happy. We're, uh, you know, we need to clean some things up, but uh, we're really pleased with where we're at and trying to trying to finish on a good note here at the end of the year. We got uh, got to go to Hoover tomorrow night. That's going to be a difficult game. And but uh, you know, Catholic could uh, beat Tucker County. He was fourteen and one, beat him really solidly last Saturday, and he came off with another big win off of Grady Becker Christian. They were really playing well, and, and uh, we were able to defend them pretty good tonight. And second half shot the ball a little bit better, and so it was a good win for us. Anytime you can beat Hurricane uh, County rival, it's good. A Triple A school, and they got a solid team. So we've had two good wins this week, and hopefully, we can finish off the week tomorrow with Hoover. Well, Coach, uh, let's talk about the makeup of this ball club in particular. Noah Frampton graduating, Luke Frampton taking a bigger role. Of course, Elijah Cuffey also. Um, you know, you've got two Division One caliber players who are getting a lot of interest. Uh, Elijah's already uh, verbally committed to Liberty. And uh, how, ha- how has their role changed between last year's sophomores when they had a couple seniors who had been through the battles uh, with them before to this year where even as juniors, uh, they're kind of in a little bit of a leadership role? Yeah, they're, they're, more, they're more, they've taken more of a leadership role. Last year we had Noah Frampton and Christian Buckley, Matt Channon, three seniors who were three three-year starters. And, of course, Noel was a two-time All-State player. But these guys have had to step up and be leaders. Offensively, uh, Luke has really stepped up and become more active in our offense and scoring more. And Elijah has been uh, a really solid player offensively and rebounding. He just and rebounding and assists. So both of those guys are really good players. And Caden Meeks, a senior, has really stepped up his game a little bit. So we've got three solid scores, and we got uh, – Couple guys on the post are big and can rebound and screen. Couple guys can come off the bench, give us good minutes. Sean Arthur and JP Phillips. So, you know, we're really pleased, and hopefully, we can get through these next four or five games and stay healthy and make a run at it. Coach, you go back to you. You have Noah Frampton. It graduates. Elijah Cuffey, one of those kids. He played a good role last season, but how much has he had to grow up this year and assume some of those responsibilities that Noah left behind when he left? 
Yeah, both Elijah and Luke and uh, have got to, have had to handle the ball a little bit more because Noah's you know he handled the ball a lot for us, and, and both of them has had to step up their scoring, increase their you know, their, their scoring output, and both have been able to do that. But uh, and Noah was just such a great leader and competitor, and he was kind of a go-to guy, and he was uh, he was a tough kid, and you know it's hard to replace a guy like that. So it's uh, uh, but our kids have you know, kind of met the challenge a little bit here, and. and uh, They've been playing pretty solid. Coach, something that's always impressed me about your ball clubs has been your your, your defense, and that's something that's uh, that's gone through the years. That's nothing new. But I also want to talk about just the pace of play. You go on uh, just back-to-back nights here, for instance, against Sissonville on February 6th. You beat them 97-66. They like to get up and down the floor. Then just three nights later, you play Scott, who puts you in a slowdown game, and you beat them forty to twenty nine. You've kind of had to play a little bit of every way imaginable this year. Yeah, I tell you, a lot of teams have been real deliberate with us on offense. We you know we like to get out and run and get the game going up and down a little bit. But uh, uh, you know, I feel very comfortable with our team uh, in the scrimmage area. Uh, our defense has been pretty solid, uh, not having a lot of breakdowns. So uh, and we really got good size. We're starting four guys six four better. And, in the mix of six foot, he's an athlete. So, uh, you know, we, we can – it's one thing, really good thing about this team. They, they can play multiple ways. But we've seen all different kinds of defenses and presses and traps and zones and combination defenses. We've seen just a whole gamut. So, And every night we get everybody's best shots. So it's really helping us get prepared for tournament play. Coach, before we had you on, we talked a bit about how uh, teams around the state, both boys and girls, have had to deal with the weather once again, just like last year. And talk about um, uh, maybe how you've had to deal with either uh, compressed schedules or losing some time in the gym when you can't uh, get into the gym uh, on uh, days when school was closed. Well, I've got to be honest with you. Uh, we've been fortunate. We've been able to get into the gym. Uh, you know, our county has a policy if uh, if the roads are clear and everything's safe, they 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 let us go. And so the principal makes a decision. So we've been we've been very fortunate that we've been able to get all of our practices in. And then this uh, this game tonight and our Hoover game, this, this game tonight is just kind of a makeup type game. Uh, so this is really the only time we've had to change a game. We had to change the Sissonville game, but we've been pretty fortunate. We've got all of our games in and. And we don't have uh, a lot of you know weeks where we have three and four games like some teams do. So this is only three game week we've had, other than the Myrtle Beach trip. We played three games down there in one week, but uh, we're really we've been really fortunate with that. Well, Coach uh, Sissonville and Herbert Hoover are probably two three in the Cardinal Conference behind you guys. You've beaten them both soundly, but I do want to ask. Do you feel the conference as a whole, and Chapmanville Regional is pretty good as well this year, but uh, conference as a whole, uh, I think the, per- the perception is that it might be down from last year a little bit. What are you thinking having seen it night in, night out? Well, I, I don't agree with that. I think Hoover is, is just as good, if not better. Sisterville is just as good, if not better. Toss is much improved. Wayne's got a pretty solid team with Wickline. Uh, uh, you know, Chapmanville is very talented. Uh, Scott's not bad. They got a big a post guy inside. You know, uh, Mingo Central is probably uh, the team that is, that is uh, much different than they were last year. But I disagree that they people say their leagues down. I think it's been a pretty solid league, and 
Uh, you know, we play each other every night. You look at the scores of the games, and we're pretty close. And uh, I think the reason people believe our league is down because we had that Big Ten Cardinal Challenge earlier in the year. And, uh, you know, the Big Ten won all but one game. But uh, I think our league's pretty good. And uh, I disagree with, uh, with people saying it's down. I mean, it's, it's I think it's a pretty solid leg. And, you know, Sisville's uh, got a winning record. Hoover's 12-4 and four and they're playing tonight. It's a huge game. And uh, so it's, it's it's a pretty good leg. Well, Coach, again, you've got, as you mentioned, you've got a road trip to Herbert Hoover tomorrow. Uh, you end the season, regular season, with three road games. You play tomorrow at Herbert Hoover. You play next week on Tuesday, I believe. Yes, Tuesday at Nitro, Thursday night. Am I, a week, am I a day off on that? No, I'm right. All right, Thursday night. No, at, we play Thursday yeah, at Wayne. Yeah. Thursday night at Wayne. So, uh, still a, a trio of road games before we get to the conclusion of the regular season. We certainly appreciate you taking time out to talk with us tonight. Congratulations on your win over Charleston Catholic. Well, thanks for having me on, and, and look forward to talking to you guys later. Hey, it sounds good. That's Alan Allsburn. He's the head coach of the Polka Dots, the reigning AA state champs, who, again, have not lost the game to a West Virginia team going back to the state tournament two years ago after a perfect season last year, losing uh, two games in the Beach Ball Classic to St. Thomas from Georgia and to Mullins, South Carolina, this year. We're going to step aside, take a break. We'll come back. We'll get you a scoreboard update. We'll also talk about some of the girls' sectional matchups that are coming up. Some games are being played tomorrow. We've already got a couple of games in the books tonight. Some team seasons are already over. It's hard to believe. As Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia rolls on on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. There's absolutely no better place to be than right here. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University. Visit BasketballNight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. Watch our live high-definition video stream by going to BasketballNight.com. It takes just one click to watch. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by clicking the Listen Live tab. We want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. We'd like you to become our correspondent. Update us on your team's reschedules, scores, and anything else you'd like to send about your teams. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. Give us an update on your team's reschedules and any other information you'd like to send. You can tweet, text, and email. Find out how by visiting basketballnight.com. Special thanks again to all our affiliates carrying the show tonight. A shout-out to all our new Twitter followers. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. New followers include Lucas Haynes at Luda304, Coach Wiley at Alex1967, Robert Lewis at Lewis8944R, Bearcat Nation, Michaela at Big Mac3013, Kettlecorn at Dean Ketz, Trey Maynard, Bobby Foggin, They Call Me Jay, Jay Cronin, Noah Heinzman, Jason Wilhite, Mark Richmond, Mason 989, Alex Blackenbecker, Jasmine Thief, Tina Lane at Tina Lane 71, Jason Westfall, Coach D, One Life, 
Hunter Ridgeway, Amy Beeman, Paul Humphrey, Angela Toller, Mr. Flattery, and Evan Cole. Thanks for following us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. Ask and thou shall receive. Uh, I know, that's what I'm saying. I mean, this is incredible. That's old school beat love, too. That's not the remake. Let, yeah. me, let me be honest with you. A lot of times when you listen to a radio show... It is so produced from a pre-production standpoint that everything we've gone through here tonight was, would have already been planned. We haven't planned that. They're just doing this on the fly. They're that good. That's, that's what those guys do. I mean, they, it's, but like you said, it takes two floors to make this show work. But, uh, man, they make it happen. And just on a, on a drop of a hat, too. I mean, this is almost like a New York-level show. I mean, it takes multiple floors on a, in a network headquarters in New York to, to run shows like this. And we've got it here. West Virginia. We're we're not even in a New York state of mind, but uh, we are in a basketball state of mind. Oh, no. Yeah, well, we know what the bump. That's going to be here in a few minutes now, right? <laughs> that was a challenge, hey, indirectly. That will be a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see how that, we'll see how that turns out. Hey, I want to mention one thing before we get another scoreboard update, and I will also have a, we'll actually go three for three because Rick Marone will be uh, with us in just a moment as well. But uh, something I just saw come across my Twitter feed. Um, Scott High School, their manager, Flash Gerald, getting in on senior night. All right. Scoring his first career. Love these stories. Bucket. That's awesome. And uh, that's, a, that's a feel-good story no matter how you size and it up. You hear a lot of those stories at this time of the year, every year, and those are so special. That's great. And, and it's just, yeah, it's a good story because it did not affect the outcome of the game. The outcome of the game was already determined. Mm-hmm. And they took an opportunity to give a kid a memory, and that's good. I was watching a uh, a television show. I've been my son has actually picked up and started watching on Netflix, and saw in a football game they did the same thing. They had a little boy. He was um, diagnosed with autism, and he was afraid of being hit. Mm. So after the ball game had concluded, they left the teams out there. They set him up. He puts his helmet on. Wouldn't buckle that chin strap up. He wanted no part of that. But they give him a handoff. He's carrying that thing out there like a loaf of bread. But he takes it all the way to the house and scores. And I mean, he was on cloud nine. Everybody remembers the deal with the Nebraska, yeah, the, little, the, the, the spring game and, yes. the, and the little. Was it little, two years ago? Yes. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, so a lot of lot lot of fun there, and a, a, a good memory and uh, tip of the hat to both those schools for making that happen. And and, I, and again, I, I'm all for the spirit of competition too. So I, I'm glad that they were able to do that in a way that did not affect the outcome whatsoever. Yet still a good memory. I like that. I just, well, and, and going real quickly, there's, I've seen times before you'll see a player that they'll have a season-ending injury, an ACL tear or, mm-hmm. or something to do with the knee, and they may be two points away from a 1,000 or something, and they'll bring them out on the floor, position them underneath the basket, let them get that shot off because they weren't going to get a chance give the ball back to the other team. They go down, even the score up. It's just like having it 0-0, but yeah. it goes in the record books and counts, and I think that's a very classy move. A lot of people, they frown on it, but I think it's a very classy move because you're switching it between both teams. And a tip of the hat to Mingo Central for this as well because it takes two to make that work. Exactly. So uh, good job by both Scott and Mingo Central tonight in that one. Of course, we've got scores. We know you want them. 
Let's get our Texas scoreboard update at basketballnight.com. We'll turn it over to Bill Cornwell for the boys' score. All right, let's check these boys' scores. First off, uh, of the Northern Panhandle, the Cameron Dragons pick up a 63-51 over the uh, Bishops of Bishop Donahue. Where was uh, a loser last tonight to Brooke? 69-52, Brooke Bruins get the win there. Wheeling Central picks up a win over the Peyton City Wildcats, a 67-42 win. Chase Harler, 20 points for the Maroon Knights. Wayne Pioneers uh, fall to Chapmanville tonight, 87-70. Fayetteville beats Richwood, 86-51. It was Greenbrier West over Montcalm, 73-31. Musselman picks up a win over Hedgesville in an eastern panhandle battle, 68-51. Sissonville beats Hoover, 44-40. Big rivalry game there in Class AA in the Cardinal Conference. Liberty over Ritchie County. Actually, this is only a halftime score, 21-11. Wyoming East puts 100 on the board tonight. The uh, Warriors beat Liberty Raleigh 100-74. It was Washington following to the uh, Martinsburg Bulldogs 87-37. That was an ugly one. Uh, Midland Trail victorious over Nicholas County 88-73. Scott mentioned that game. Gets the win over Mingo Central 64-49. Morgantown over Wheeling Park. In a big way tonight, 66-39, the Mohegans get the win. Clarksburg-Notre Dame, 79-62 winner over Tucker County. Shady Spring beats Independence, 57-49. RCB, game we talked about earlier in the show, a huge win over Bridgeport by a score of 46-33. Tug Valley whips uh, Valley Fayette by a score of 92-42. Here's a game in the uh, MSAC uh, placement tournament. Uh, Spring Valley gets the win over the Winfield Generals, 57-48. That's four straight wins for the Timberwolves to do well here at the end of the season. Hurricane beats St. Albans in that MSAC tournament, 66-57. Polka talked to uh, Coach Osborne just a little while ago. His Polka Dots over Charleston Catholic, 60-35. Crossthanes Christian, 58-47 winner over Greater Beckley Christian. Bluefield beats Greenbrier East, 64-47. Final score, 72-40. Taze Valley Christian over Ambassador Christian. Over to the girls' scoreboard we go. We start with the Willing Central, or Willing Catholic Maroon Knights, excuse me, over Charleston Catholic, 43-34. East Hardy over Moorfield, 45-24. North Marion knocks off Grafton, 83-67. Princeton over Riverview, 37-32. It was West Side over Scott by 30. 72-40, the Skyhawks fall to 0-22 on the season. The Tulsa Lady Rebels get a nice win over Clay County, 57-53. Gerald dro- drops 40 in the win. She had 41 Tuesday at Logan. Martinsburg defeats University, 71-58. Summers County bounces back with an 88-30 win over Independence. Brittany Justice with 23 in the winning effort. East Fairmont, 69. Webster County, 32. It was Greenbrier East hammering Pendleton County 84-30. Greenbrier East now 17-2 on the season. Doddridge County with a 64-38 win over Calhoun County. That is in Region 4, Section 1. And Parkersburg Catholic with a 51-23 win over Ward County. That also Region 4, Section 1. And our final score, Wood County Christian over Greater Beckley Christian, 56-39. That's a check of your basketballnight.com scoreboard. So, again, you're looking at 
two girls teams whose seasons come to an end tonight in Calhoun County and Work County who fall in sectional tournament play. We're, we're still working on compiling the entire sectional schedule. You would be amazed at how difficult that is. It's I, 2016, y'all. Ask, ask Marcus Constantino if he's mad. No, no, no. <laughs> Italian temperament, no. Um, but uh, I, don't, I wouldn't call him mad. I'd just call him frustrated. And I think a lot of people are because it's very difficult to compile that. But that, that info should really, at this point, be compiled and posted by the SSAC. But I'm not bashing bashing the SSAC, but I think they're making a movement toward fixing things like I that. I do too. The, I, I believe so too. Uh, hiring Bill Gillespie yeah. to kind of be in charge of their social media, plus additional duties uh, at state championship events. Yeah, he's going to be kind of a championships guy, from what I understand, which they need. Mm-hmm. Well, that, definitely with the addition of Bill Gillespie, of you know the job that he did prior to going to that position. And he he's a guy that I think he he has the pulse on kind of where we are technology wise and, and the things around the state that are being said of knowing what needs to be done and then plus he comes from within a school so he knows how difficult it is to try to keep up with things scheduling and so forth so I think he's going to be a great addition to the SSAC and and maybe they can uh, continue to make those those forward progressive steps uh, into 2017. Don't want to forget about our. Good buddy Rick Marone, the head coach of the Tulsa Lady Rebels, who picked up a win tonight over Clay County. A nice win for Tulsa over Clay County, 57-53. And Coach Marone not with us in studio, but he is with us in a radio studio. Just not ours, nonetheless. Coach Marone, I got to say, when you're not in the the call queue, we kind of tend to forget about you. Uh, that's easy to do, Ron. I know that. Forgot about him in the back. Even when I'm sitting there, I'm easy to overlook me. <laughs> you know what? You know what happens sometimes. And this is the one thing where uh, we 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 have a little little issue. We can't communicate to him exactly when we're going to him. He walks. So away. he might walk away. Yeah, he, he's, he's probably sat- walk back over to the hospitality. That's room what I'm saying. He's in, the, he's in the hospitality room, scarfing down some pizzas <laughs> or, uh, or maybe a browning a or brownie. something. I like how you said some pizzas. <laughs> Just plural, just Not, you know. And I eat you, three pizzas at a time. Yeah, that you, wasn't that wasn't accidental. <laughs> <laughs> I hope Marone is on there and he can just hear every word we're saying. And hey, uh, I, I am on just, here. He's getting the big, everybody. getting chuckles at his expense. Yeah. Right. Should we try Coach Marone again, guys? Coach Marone, are you there? I am here. He he may be there, but he's not here. Okay, so we got we got a little bit of a technical issue. You know what, though? Again, the guys in the back make this stuff work. I guarantee you we will have – I promise you, I promise you, one way or another, we will have Coach Marone on this program and likely within the next four or five minutes. But that was a big win for his team tonight. and I mean, they, they were playing a Clay County team that's had a good year. Of it, coming in 16 Ws at this point, that is nice play. And uh, Tulsa get that W and – He's, they're basically pitching around uh, a 500 this season uh, with a very young team. Coach Rick's got to be pretty pleased with that. Of course, hopefully we'll get to hear from him momentarily. And Dina Gerald's had 41 earlier this week and a loss to Logan, and she has 40 tonight. Dina's had some big numbers, and no doubt she'll be pushing for a spot on that uh, Class AA uh, first team, All-State. Yeah, and again, she's a freshman. So uh, Yeah. 
That's uh, now here's a, here's a question to uh, to kind of pose out there, and this is going from the student sections. When you have a player like her that goes out and dominates as a freshman, if you get into February and the student sections are still saying she's our freshman, is it is it okay to consider her still a freshman? As in, like it's you know not expected, especially when they're performing at such a high level. She doesn't play like the perception of a freshman. Exactly. She really hasn't all year. No, I mean she she's been outstanding all season long. We're gonna to try to get I'm trying to get her on the program too. Here's the here, here here's the little in house. We don't bet. We're just talking here. The little in house. Do we get Marone or do we end up with Dina Geralds on the on the program? First? Oh, I would definitely say Dina Geralds. Yeah. Marone Marone's lost. He's gone. You know who's here? Rick Marone, head coach <laughs> of the Tulsa Lady Rebels. He wins the con. Hey Rick, how you doing? Hey, uh, good to be with you. I could actually hear you earlier, but you couldn't hear me. Kind of like me being in the studio. <laughs> that happens. Sometimes. At least, at least Rick showed up. You know, you know, Rick. We were like throwing some bad at you there. I mean, you, you may have heard it heard us say that we thought you were stuck in the hospitality room and somehow couldn't squeeze back out of the door. Yeah, I mean, I heard the pizzas. I mean, not slice. I heard like pizzas. <laughs> But I tell you what, uh, Ryan, uh, I did hear you talk about uh, uh, the sectionals coming uh, uh, into play and getting going, and uh, we kind of had a little taste of that tonight. We took on Clay County, a top-10 team. It was a great ball game played in St. Albans, and we was able to get a 57-53 win and really kind of grinded it out. And uh, uh, Dean and Gerald's really uh, was kind of in the zone. She had 40 tonight. She had 41 at Logan on Tuesday, so she's really uh, kind of uh, – stepped it up here late this season along with some of the other girls. So great game tonight. Coach Ramsey does a great job and so we're trying to get ready for Chapmanville next week. Well the the sectional that, that you're in, uh you mentioned that game of Chapmanville that's next uh Wednesday night at eight o'clock at the Logan Fieldhouse, Willie Acres Arena. Um you've also got Wayne will play the winner of Monday's game between Scott and Mingo Central in that sectional. So uh, that should be a really fun Wednesday night at the Logan Fieldhouse. Yeah, I tell you what, that semifinal night is always exciting, and uh, we're excited to be in there. We got the three seed, uh, play a good Chapmanville team we split with. Of course, Wayne's the top seed and well-deserved. Uh, they'll play the winner, as you said, Mingo and Scott. They'll play the 6 o'clock game on Wednesday. But, Ryan, a little twist this year, at least on our side, because of the availability of uh, Willie Acres Arena, the championship's Thursday night, so you've got a quick turnaround, especially the winner of our game, because you're in the late game on Wednesday night. You've got to turn it around at 7 o'clock Thursday. The winner is going to have to go into that sectional championship game. No one pities the radio guy, but for, for this, first off, I live 60 miles of two-lane road that's not straight for more than about – 50 feet at a time. Country roads don't from, take from, me home. From, from where I live to, to Logan. Planning to go to Logan Wednesday night. Then work <laughs> Wednesday night. Then go do public address for the Marshall women's game at 11.30 a.m. Thursday morning. That's With right. about 4,000 screaming little kids. Yes, on field trip day against UAB. <laughs> then go to Logan again Thursday night. And then go back to work Thursday night. And then we got a show Friday night. <laughs> so what are you doing? I don't. I, uh, are you, do you have anything planned? Uh, no. Nice easy <laughs> week coming up. 
Hey, Coach, we're going to take a break. We'll bring you back when we uh, get back on the other side of this break as this is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, the Mountain State's voice for all things high school basketball. Felicity Van Gilder, East Fairmont Lady Deeds, Erica Bowles, Fairmont Senior Polar Bears, Madison Webb, Chapmanville Tigers, Dalton Gray, Webster County Highlanders. What they all have in common is they were selected by Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as the standout athlete of the week. Have someone remarkable on your team? Did you have an athlete make an outstanding play? You could nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a standout athlete of the week. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com, and click on the standout athlete of the week tab. Fill out the nomination form, and we'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. Check it out at basketballnight.com. It's the Daily Hoops Roundup, part of basketballnight.com. Every day, we recap the day's scores just for you on all the teams in West Virginia. We send followers a tweet at midnight with a link to the Daily Hoops Roundup. You can also visit basketballnight.com and just click on Daily Hoops Roundup for all the day's scores. And we'd like for you to become part of our score reporting crew during the week, too. And if your team has a reschedule, let us know about that, too. Send us your team scores by Twitter, text, or email, and we'll make that part of our Daily Hoops Roundup. We want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. On Twitter, follow us at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. You can email scores and reschedules for your team to scores at basketballnight.com. Check it out at basketballnight.com. It's the daily hoops roundup. This is high school basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to basketball night in West Virginia with James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. What's so easy Nine forty-nine on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia. We're almost a third of the way through this show already. And, and, and asking you shall receive. And yes, just, New just, York State of the Mind was going just there. Let it roll, baby. And here's what I like too. There's the, the newer version, the Empire State of Mind yep. from Alicia Keys and Jay Z, which is you know quote unquote more modern. The classical, good song. Oh, the, yeah, the, you can you go back to some of so many of the songs that you hear on top forty radio. I guarantee you can find a lot of those. If you dig back into the 50s and the 60s, you'll find the true version of that song. And you could probably understand the words. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they tend to be a little more uh, audible, I believe is the, the word we're looking for there. But, uh, again, uh, 9.50 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We will talk with Bill Nestor, WPDX. He had the call Robert T. Bird's big win over Bridgeport. We'll talk with him in just a moment. We'll bring back Rick Marone, who... Lady Rebels uh, defeated the Tulsa Lady Rebels defeated Clay County tonight in St. Albans and uh, 
again, a really nice win. And, and Coach, we talked about Dina Gerald scoring the 41 the other night against Logan in a loss 40 tonight. She's coming off of a, a knee injury. I wouldn't necessarily say an injury, but like, uh, maybe more of a scare uh, of an injury to her knee. And Coach certainly doesn't seem like she's slowed down once she came back. That's great analysis from uh, – I think it's the best analysis I've heard out of him all season. Wow. Shot fired. <laughs> um, we'll come you, back with Coach you, Marone. Can you tell I'm out of the studio next week? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here's the thing. James and Coach Marone will not cross paths for, for a while. Yeah, that's, a, that's probably an accurate sound right there. You know what? Let's just go back to uh, the phone lines of Bill Nestor, WPDX. He had the Robert C. Bird win over Bridgeport. Big win tonight for the Eagles. And, and Bill, obviously, we set the bar really low for you to follow Coach Marone there on, uh, on this one tonight. Yeah, guys, huge win for Robert C. Bird over Bridgeport. Of course, the crosstown rival game, which means so much for both teams. Near capacity crowd at RCB on hand to see it. And just like the first game between these two, it starts out with a defensive struggle. And Robert C. Bird kept the defensive pressure on throughout the game. Their trademark man-to-man defense made the difference is they held Bridgeport to single-digit scoring in three of the four quarters. So really impressive defensive effort. On the offensive end, they're faced by All-State guard Luke Dial with 16 points, 11 for Dante Spees, and 10 for the sophomore sensation Trey Junkins. So they spread the ball around well, found a lot of guys open for perimeter shots, shot the ball well from the foul line, and one of their best shooting efforts of the year en route to the big win over Bridgeport. Just Bridgeport's second loss of the season. You, Robert C. Bird beats them 46-33 tonight. And, and, Bill, we talked about this last week. RCB's four losses, three of them were basically in the final possession. And uh, the one loss that wasn't was a 13-point loss to Bridgeport on January 2nd. Well, the Eagles avenged that tonight at home with a 13-point win. So, I think you have to put Robert C. Bird. I mean, we talked about this a little bit last week. I know I don't want to necessarily repeat that, but again, I think this proves we kind of knew what we were talking about last week. That Bird's right there when it comes to teams in the postseason. Brian, I can agree with you completely. I think they are right there. And what's happened is, and we talked about it a couple different times this year, the fact that RCB had to develop some younger talent. And Coach Bennett, to his credit, has done that. Some of these guys have stepped up and continue to play good basketball. Then you look at some of the guys like Trey Junkins that I mentioned earlier. This sophomore is playing like a seasoned veteran right now. And if you can get that kind of production from some of these bigs inside, uh, Julian Reno, another guy that's, that's really producing in the paint for the Flying Eagles. If they can hold their own and play well inside, they've got the strong guard play to compete with anyone at state. So I think that's what you're looking at right now. It's all coming into play. RCB playing their best basketball as of late, look back to this Tuesday, very impressive win over a quality Philip Barber team, and then coming off of this win right now, so a couple consecutive wins, and, and they're starting to, to build in a positive way as we approach the last week of the regular season. Well, it's another big week ahead. I mean, don't, don't necessarily like to put one game back behind. We'll talk about the Bridgeport game some more in just a moment here, but um, you know, next week, games with Liberty Harrison on the road. North Marion on the road, and then uh, next Friday night at home against Grafton, who's having a, a pretty good season as well. So uh, still nothing easy to finish out. But going back to tonight, Nick Greeley has uh, been putting up big numbers for Bridgeport. 
recently. Uh, what did what did the Eagles do to to slow him or, quite frankly, keep him in check tonight? Well, you look at what Greeley did. He had one point in the first quarter, didn't score in the second, and that's a tribute to Trey Junkin's defense, the sophomore we just talked about. Junkin's a real long-armed, aggressive, shot-blocking, physical player inside and uh, really does an excellent job, better than any player I've seen in the last 20 years in high school basketball, denying the low post. He'll step over top and makes it very difficult to get entry pass into a big man. So Greeley really struggled to get the ball inside in the prime position to score. And then in the third quarter, Jenkins picked up a fourth foul. He was forced to the bench. Greeley had his best quarter of the game, had three buckets in that quarter, started to get a little bit of confidence, and at that time, Bridgeport made a big move. So going into the fourth quarter, with about four minutes left in the game, Bill Bennett, Bird's coach, brings Junkins back in, and then he slams the door on Greeley inside again. Robert C. Bird regained full control and cruised to the win. So really, it was a mono-a-mono matchup inside. Nobody's heard of Trey Junkins, but I can tell you guys, watch out. He's going to be an all-stater. He's going to be one to watch for the remainder of his career. He did a fantastic job against Greeley. That was a difference in the ball game. Bill, as you call this game tonight, and uh, these are two sectional mates, and uh, being neighbors, there's no real secrets between these two schools and these two teams. Did you kind of get in your head that this is kind of almost like a, a warm-up or a preview for maybe even the sectional final in a couple of weeks? You're exactly right. You get the nail on the head there, and that's what a lot of people are looking forward to you got to hold the phone because there's a team in graft that has a total package down there. Mike Johnson doing an excellent job of that program. We've called a couple of their games this year. They've got a, a Musgrove kid who, who is in the running for the player of the year in the Big Ten. He had 30 points against Bridgeport a couple days ago when I was talking to Travis Jones, the voice of the Indians, and they, we talked about how Musgrove really can shoot the ball well and penetrate well. They've also got a huge guy inside in Newland. He's a six foot five, two hundred thirty-five pound stud in the paint. So make no mistake about it, this Grafton Bearcat team is going to be a handful. You talked about RCB, ironically, finishing up the regular season next Friday against the Bearcats at Robert Seaberg. Those two teams probably will flip it back around and play in the opening round of the sectionals on Wednesday night at Robert Seaberg once again. So if the Flying Eagles get that Bearcat team and can get by them, they're hoping to get to lock up at Bridgeport one more time. Of course, the big advantage for the Indians in that situation is they'll be the number one seed because they won the first game uh, of the year. So they'll be playing that game at Bridgeport. That's a huge advantage because Bridgeport's gym a little bit smaller, a little bit tougher place to play. And so that home court advantage definitely is something for Bridgeport. Robert Seaberg knows they can win there. It's just a matter of getting back into that position and getting that win. So by getting this win tonight, RCB gets a lot of confidence and they also set up a rubber match potentially in that section final. Bill Nusser, voice of the Robert Seabird Flying Eagles. They get the win tonight over Bridgeport, handing the Indians just their second loss, 46-33. The final tonight from Clarksburg is RCB. Now, again, just four losses on the season. That ball club now 14-4. and And, Bill, we look forward to talking with you, weather permitting, as always, next Friday night after that uh, grafting game. 
looking forward to it, Ryan. Thanks for having me on. Have a great rest of the show and a great weekend as well. Thanks, you too. Once again, Bill Nestor, WPDX voice of the Robert C. Bird Flying Eagles. We'll step aside, take a break. We'll come back in our next hour. We'll have another scoreboard update. We'll also talk with Dave Wilson of WAJR Radio in Morgantown. Morgantown's boys team undefeated. Their girls team has lost one game and it came at the buzzer. It's good basketball time in Morgantown. It's a good night for a basketball Friday night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. The Mountain State's voice for all things high school basketball. A special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates. You can listen to Basketball Friday night in West Virginia throughout the Mountain State on great radio stations including 94 Rock, WRLF Fairmont, Talk 92.5, WTHMLP, Ravenswood, Ripley, Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM, WIRCLP Spencer, 104.5 FM, WASP, LP Huntington, 97.9 FM WSPWLP Parkersburg, 101.1 FM WVWP Wayne, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM WRSG Middleburn, 106.7 FM WHFI Linside, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM WVOW Logan, 90.7 FM WFGH Fort Gay, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM WQAZLP Edmund, Beckley, 101.7 FM WYAPLP Clay, Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM WMUL Huntington. Cable subscribers can find Basketball Friday Night in the Huntington region on Comcast Channel 25 and Armstrong Digital Channel 204. Streaming online high-definition video can be found on our website, basketballnight.com, and on affiliate rsnsports.com. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by going to basketballnight.com and click on Listen Live. If you think you missed something on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, you can now go to the Apple iTunes Store and download the podcast. You can find us by searching Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia in the iTunes Store. Subscribing is simple and completely free. Podcasts are also available directly on BasketballNight.com. Check it out and you can listen and watch all the past shows. Go to BasketballNight.com. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Heard statewide on great radio stations. Visit BasketballNight.com to find the station nearest you. Get all the scores all the time at BasketballNight.com or on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. Now back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with James Collier, Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. As we just passed the 10 o'clock hour, 10.01, this basketball Friday night in West Virginia, Ryan Epling, Bill Cornwell with you, Andrew Harrison, our special correspondent with us as well. We'll talk Athlete of the Week in just a moment. We'll also talk with Dave Wilson uh, a little bit later on as well. Sorry, Dave, I had to put you on hold for just a little while longer. But uh, we know you're here for basketball night, Friday night in West Virginia, because you want scores of games across the Mountain State. And it's time for another scoreboard update. All right, let's hit it on the boys' side. First off, the uh, Cameron Dragons get a win over 
Bishop Donahue, 63-51. Moorfield beats East Hardy, 73-69. Brooke Bruins take care of Weir, 69-52. Wheeling Central, now 20-1. They beat Payton City, 67-42. Chase Arler had 20 to lead the Maroon Knights in that one. Lincoln County beats Buchanan Upshur, 68-59. It was Chapmanville knocking off the Wayne Pioneers, 87-70. Grafton Bearcats, you heard Bill Nestor talk about them a little while ago. They get another win. They beat East Fairmont, 71-41. Fedville, winner over Richwood, 86-51. Greenbrier West beats Montcalm, 73-31. The Hampshire Trojans, victorious over Frankfurt, 80-67. Musselman, battle of the teams over over in the Eastern Panhandle. They beat Hedgesville. Musselman gets the win, 68-51. Sissonville, big rivalry game with Hoover in the Cardinal Conference, and Sissonville gets the 44-40 victory. Still a halftime score, Liberty Harrison 21, Ritchie County 11. Hope to get a final a little bit later in that one. Wyoming East gets the win over Liberty Raleigh, 100-74. Martinsburg beats Washington by a score of 87-37. Midland Trail. Knocks off Nicholas County, 88-73. Scott Skyhawks, 64-49 winners over Mingo Central. Morgantown, as we mentioned, undefeated still. Mohegans knock off the Wheeling Park Patriots in a big way, 66-39. Clarksburg, Notre Dame beats Tucker County, 79-62. Shady Springs, 67. Independence, 49. Kaiser Golden Tornadoes gets a win over Southern Garrett, Maryland, 61-58. Princeton Tigers, 50 or 63, 59 winners over Westside. Bridgeport is the game we just talked about with Bill Nestor. Falls to Robert C. Bird. RCB beats Bridgeport 46 to 33. Tug Valley 92, 42 winners over Valley Fayette in the MSAC tournament. Spring Valley knocks off Winfield 57, 48. That's four straight wins for the Timberwolves. Hurricane. Another MSAC tournament game, a winner over St. Albans, 66-57. Polka beats Charleston Catholic, 60-35. Cross Lanes Christian, 58-47 winner over Greater Beckley Christian. Bluefield knocks off the Greenbrier East Spartan, 64-47. Battle Boys score Tays Valley Christian, 72-40 winners over Ambassador Christian. Girls side tonight, Region 4, Section 1, Class A it was. Parkersburg Catholic. Defeating Wark County 51-23. Doddridge County defeats Calhoun County 64-38. So Calhoun County and Wark County, their seasons come to an end. In the West Virginia Christian School Association Tournament, it was Wood County Christian defeating Greater Beckley Christian tonight 56-39. Other scores across the Mountain State, regular season action. Greenbrier East, the girls get a win over Pendleton County, 84-30. Spartans with the win. The East Fairmont Bees wipe out Webster County, 69-32, the final in that one. Also tonight, Summers County defeats Independence, 88-30. It was Martinsburg defeating University by a final score of 71-58. Other scores from girls' high school basketball actions tonight. Tulsa behind 40 points from freshman guard Dina Geralds defeats Clay County 57-53. That game played at St. Albans High School and for the second time this week, Geralds goes for 40 points. Also tonight, 
and girls high school basketball. Westside defeats Scott 70-40. It was Princeton over Riverview 37-32. North Marion defeats Grafton 83-67. East Hardy a 45-24 winner over Moorefield. And Wheeling Central Catholic defeats Charleston Catholic 43-34. Maroon Knights get the win. That is your basketballnight.com scoreboard update. Andrew Harrison is with us, and this week's student athlete of the week is Dylan Ward of Parkersburg South High School. And Andrew, I know you had a chance to uh, learn a little bit more about Dylan this week. Um, another uh, literally student athlete, 3.8 honor student, also involved in Fellowship of Christian Athletes and a church's youth group. Yeah, it's uh, when talking with his father, Ryan, his, his father said he ha- has faith uh, that's a strong part of his life. And he said being a part of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes is just another thing that he likes to be a part of to, to make sure that's still at the forefront of, of his life and, and, and still in his high school career. So many seniors on that Parkersburg South team a year ago, um, they graduate. There were, I think, six seniors on that team, and six of the first seven on last year's team were seniors, if I'm not mistaken. It was something of that effect. Um, so now Dylan moves into a starting role and – um, 13 points, 10 rebounds, and a win over University, which was a very impressive win for them, and also four consecutive double-digit scoring efforts. So he's also picking up his game on the floor as well. Yeah, he's been working on his game in the offseason. His dad says he's been you know, almost a workaholic and, and making sure that he prepares himself in his game in that way. He's also an impressive kid off the court in terms of this Parker uh, uh, Parkersburg South Patriots team in terms of they're part of this drug-free uh, uh clubs of america and what that is is it originates out of cincinnati ohio from three firefighters and it's basically prevention against uh you know drugs and and trying to stop students from doing that and he's a team captain this year and so he's had a big role in in helping out uh, and leading this team as the team as a whole uh does uh partake in this but he is a guy that uh, leads them in in trying to help that uh prevention they were tested before the season uh, uh and they're tested periodically during the season, and, and that's something uh, uh, Coach Fallon said that he wanted to make sure that you know his guys were portraying the right uh, part uh, of kind of life and not getting tempted by the drug uh, side of things. Well, so a lot of schools now going to that. Some county school systems, some individual schools going to drug testing policies, and uh, obviously uh, that that's um, something that uh, trying to make sure that they keep drugs out of uh, out of schools and out of athletes as much as possible. And now Andrew has more with our standout athlete of the week, Dylan Ward. Dylan Ward is an impressive senior guard for the Parkersburg South Patriots, and he is this week's Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Since Ward entered the Parkersburg South basketball program, head coach of the Patriots Mike Fallon says Ward has improved his game each season. You know, he's grown dramatically. You know, since his sophomore year, half of the season, our sophomore year, we were still in the postseason. At that time, he was on the JV team, and you know, he stayed and practiced through that period after the season and ended the state tournament. And I saw a lot of growth in him there. And then last year, we had him playing some JV and varsity, and saw a lot of growth. And then this summer, he came in and, and really, really worked hard in the off season, put a lot of time in, and, and come in and, and was ready to contribute this year as a senior. As a kid, Ward was more of a track and baseball athlete. But when he entered middle school, basketball became a stronger love than ever before. Ryan Ward, Dylan's father, says the six foot one senior guard made it a point to work on one specific aspect of his game this past offseason. 
he really put a lot of time in the gym shooting. You know, he put a lot of effort into to defense and things like that, but he really worked on his shooting. You know, he'd shoot a couple hundred shots every day, whether it be out in the driveway or going to, to the elite center here in town. Dylan Ward off the court is an impressive young man. He gives his time to help young kids a part of the Wood County Co-op program. And Mr. Ward says Dylan became a part of the program his senior year. For his senior year, he goes to a, uh, a local grade school and works basically as a, a clerk or secretary. Part of a program where they help high school kids get into some job experience. With a 3.8 GPA, it is no surprise that Ward is an honor student. He is a guard that rebounds the basketball with enthusiasm and may go run track this spring, becoming a two-sport athlete again. He is a young man with strong beliefs and conviction, not afraid to take on any challenge that comes his way. Reporting for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, I'm Special Correspondent Andrew Harrison. Thank you very much, Andrew. And of course, we will have our Student Athlete of the Week, Standout Athlete of the Week. I always call him Student Athlete. I think that's still okay. That's yeah, an okay slip. But our Standout Athlete of the Week, Dylan Ward, we'll have him on a little bit later on tonight. We'll hear from Joe Linville in a moment. He is with WVOW, also has been a co-host with us. Um, he'll talk about that Scott Mingo Central Boys game and, of course, a fantastic moment that we talked about that happened at the end of that game. We'll talk about it later on. Right now we go to Dave Wilson, WAJR in Morgantown. The Mohegans defeat Wheeling Park tonight in a big way. And, Dave, your basketball teams that you cover playing some pretty good ball right now. Yeah, they've been, well, they've been playing good ball all season long. You know, the thing with Morgantown guys, it's the defense that just frustrates teams to the extent that they start to make the mistakes. Now, in this ball game, right from the beginning, Morgantown's going with the full court pressure. Uh, Wheeling Park's having trouble getting the ball up the floor. And even with four players back in the lineup tonight, they didn't start Phil Bledsoe, Elijah Bell, uh, Jamez Coles, and Trey Saunders. They've missed the last five games. They're back in the lineup tonight. Didn't start, but quickly got in. And even with those guys in the ball game, Morgantown's defense and pressure just really got to Wheeling Park. The Patriots only had one field goal in the second quarter. It was a blowout by halftime, and Morgantown just added to that in the second half. Morgantown, guys, didn't really shoot particularly well tonight. Just one of seven from out beyond the arc in the first half. Uh, they did come back, hit a couple in the second half, but really... Again, it was, it was the defense creating turnovers, getting fast breaks, getting guys like Kenzie Melko out in transition, Steven Solomon, Nikki Solomon, Elvin McNally, uh, the six seven senior. He had a big night with 16 points, uh, all of those coming down in the paint tonight. So it, it's not pretty to watch. <laughs> you know, you're not going to save the film for an instructional video, but uh, it's the way Morgantown has won all season long. I think, I think they'll take a – Effective efficiency over uh, style points there, yeah, especially this time of year. Yeah, uh, Dave, we've been we've been following Morgantown here. Uh, of course, again undefeated at the moment, and um, had a big win over uh, Cross City Rival University earlier this week as well. Seventeen point win over the Hawks. What's impressing me right now about Morgantown, not just that they're winning these games. They're winning soundly. I mean, they're they're winning by double figures. They beat Capital by 18 last week in the Charleston Civic Center. Had a 14-point win over Martinsburg. Dave, this ball club's playing as well as anybody. Forget just the 19-0 part. It's within that 19-0. They're beating teams by a lot. Yeah, absolutely. You go back, I think the only two games where the uh, margin's been single digits was Wheeling Park, and that was clear back in January 5th. That was uh, a two-point ball game. And uh, Parkersburg South, I think uh, the Patriots there 
lost by nine. That game was in Parkersburg. It goes back to the defense, guys. Games will be close. If you if you look at the scores at halftime, and use the university games, for example, we're talking about a two-point game, a three-point game, a five-point game at halftime. And in the second half, Morgantown ratchets up its defensive intensity, and it frustrates the opposition into committing turnovers. That's what happened Tuesday night with university. It's it's a fairly close game at halftime, and back on Saturday as well, a week ago yesterday, or tomorrow, it's a close game at halftime. Come out in the second half, create a couple of turnovers, Morgantown goes on a 12-2, 14-2 run, suddenly the lead's up to double digits, and they just continue to build on that. That's really, again, been the recipe, whether it's Capitol, South Charleston, George Washington, Parkersburg South, that's what Morgantown's done all year. Dave, one of the things looking ahead, it's with the two games left, Buckhannon Upshur and Parkersburg South, how important is it that, is it Morgantown, is it okay to go out and blow those two teams out if they can? Or do they need a good challenging basketball game leading into the sectional play to kind of alleviate maybe getting a little bit complacent moving into the postseasons in which one of those oopsie games can climb up and bite you and end up costing you a season, especially a run of a, at a chance at a state title? Well, they're going to get one tomorrow. they got a makeup game. Uh, they got to get on the buses and go to Martinsburg uh, tomorrow to face the Bulldogs, which we have number three in the Metro News Power Index. So they're going to get that challenge uh, tomorrow. And uh, Parkersburg South's no slouch down the stretch. You look at the teams that South lost to early in the season. I think Parkersburg South may be playing some of its best ball all year right now with the Gilkison and Day and those guys getting hot. So they've got some challenges here down the stretch, but it sounds cliche, and I like to rib Coach Dave Tallman about it. He'll tell me before every game, it's one game at a time. We're only looking at tonight. I know it sounds cliche, but after watching these guys, I actually, I'm buying it. They're, they are buying into that attitude. So they're not looking ahead to Martinsburg. Or, you know, they're not looking ahead to Parkersburg South or Buckhannon up sure. They don't care if it's Preston who has had not been very good this season. They come out and they play their style of basketball, and it works for them. Uh, it's a senior-heavy team with guys like Stephen Solomon, again, Kenzie Melko, Elvin McNally. These guys have been here before. They they know what it's going to take to get to Charleston. They've come up short a couple of times. They've been there before. Um, so, yes, <laughs> you want to see them challenged and pushed. Um, I subscribe to the theory there's no such thing as a good loss, so I wouldn't say uh, a loss would benefit you down the stretch, but they're going to get pushed, especially tomorrow at Martinsburg. Uh, that's going to be a hostile environment, and uh, if you've ever been to Martinsburg, you know you've pretty much got everything against you <laughs> when you go up there. So, uh, you know, they're going to get pushed tomorrow. Parkersburg South will be a tough game, and, you know, I think Wheeling Park, would, with their four players back in the lineup, uh, suddenly the region got a whole lot more interesting here in the postseason. Dave, always a pleasure. Guys, anytime. Don't keep me on hold so long next time, though. Oh, wow. He thinks he's on hold a long time. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. Yeah, what was that? <laughs> we'll Dave. give you we'll give you the Bo Anderson treatment next time. You'll be you'll be happy to. to uh, oh, there's yeah, already uh, a technical yeah, foul. Dave, yeah. <laughs> uh, but again, that's Dave Wilson of AJR Radio, voice of the Morgantown Mohegans. Morgantown has to be just downright giddy over how they're playing right now. We'll step aside, take a break, and when we come back, we will talk with. Uh, Joe Limble, WVOW. We've also got Nick Cavill. We're, they're both going to talk. Scott right. and Mingo Central tonight. Special moment happening in that ball game. We want to talk about that. 
as Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. There's absolutely no better place to be than right here. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Don't forget the poll question. Check it out at BasketballNight.com. Each week, we've got a new poll question just for you. It's another way you can interact with the show. Basketball Friday Night, West Virginia's high school voice. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. A big shout out to all of our new Twitter followers, including Brian Jones at CRJonesWV. William M. Richards at Lefty1972. Pusha C at Cole Lambert 53 J. Mark Gladwell at MB Wildcat Hoops Travis Martin Haley Butcher Ty at Tyler underscore 242424 Jody Basil R at Taxi 431 WVHS Sports S. Boggs at Guard Girl 76 and Wayne Young Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup at Hoops underscore Roundup Big thank you to all of our Twitter followers giving us schedule updates, scores, and updates on their teams. Welcome to the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. You're part of the best basketball show in the Mountain State. It's the Daily Hoops Roundup, part of BasketballNight.com. Every day, we recap the day's scores just for you on all the teams in West Virginia. We send followers a tweet at midnight with a link to the Daily Hoops Roundup. You can also visit BasketballNight.com and just click on Daily Hoops Roundup for all the day's scores. And we'd like for you to become part of our score reporting crew during the week, too. And if your team has a reschedule, let us know about that, too. Send us your team scores by Twitter, text, or email, and we'll make that part of our Daily Hoops Roundup. We want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out BasketballNight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone, James Collier, and Ryan Epling. 10:20 on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia as we roll right along on this February 19th, 2016. Next week we'll have a bunch of girls sectional tournament play behind us. We've oh, yeah. already got two games in the books tonight. It's unbelievable how fast that's going. We'll also start talking about the boys postseason much more next week. But tonight, a nice moment in Madison. The Scott Skyhawks pick up a win at home over Mingo Central, 64-49. But perhaps the bigger story was what happened at the end of the game when Scott manager Flash Gerald gets into the ball game and scores his first points and does so on senior night. Nick Cabell is the head coach of the Skyhawks. He joins us now. and Coach, that obviously took a little bit of planning, but that had to be a nice moment tonight. Yeah, it was. Um, he's a senior, and he's been with us for four years. He's helped uh, the basketball team, baseball team, football team. Uh, you won't find a kid in the school that has more school spirit than, than Cody. We all call him Flash. He got that nickname from the football team. But um, Flash, uh, he, he talks at every pep rally, uh, gets the students fired up. Uh, really just an honor to be a part or, or to be a part of his life 
and uh, got to get to know him. Well, Rabbit Thompson, the head coach at Mingo Central. Obviously, this is something that you, you guys would have had to have worked together on. And just tell me how this came together tonight. Well, we uh, I was selling shirts before the game during lunch at school today, and um, one of my two of my managers managers actually got in the game, and one of them asked if he could have an old or buy an old jersey from me. I said, you know, buddy, you can have it. And uh, then Flash wanted one, so I gave him one as well. And they wore it from the moment school let out until we had to start getting ready for senior night. And they're both seniors. Um, one of them made the comment that, you know, it's always been a dream to wear the jersey and play in a game, or to get to wear the Scott jersey and uh, maybe play in a game. So I talked to one of my assistants, uh, Coach Chester Mitchell, and we uh, decided to go ahead and let him warm up, dress, didn't know exactly how it would work out at the end. Um, we was hoping it would work out. I never dreamed it would work out like this. But um, I did talk to Coach Rabbit, uh, Thomas, Coach Thompson from uh, Mingo Central, and I uh, told him that, you know, end of the game, if it, if it was possible, that I'd like to get him in there and uh, just let him experience that a little bit. And I knew that the student section would go crazy because they were chanting his name at the 30-second mark, wanting him in, and uh, – you know, when he got in there, uh, <laughs> he missed the first one, got his rebound, put it back up, and the rest is history. Coach, sometimes we get caught up in wins, losses, um, things of that nature. And, and, and uh, you know, I think we're all competitive in our own way, but sometimes the big picture comes into focus in a moment like that, and, and certainly it's so tonight. I have a feeling that that's the type of night where – even some folks from Mingo Central might have been disappointed with the loss. I know it's been a tough season for them. I'm thinking a lot of people left the arena tonight with a smile on their face. Well, yeah, I think they did too. Um, Wes Wilson from Mingo Central, uh, who does a fantastic job at everything he does, I think he said it best. Um, he said, you know, there's a little bit more than just basketball tonight. And that uh, I thought Coach Thompson was very classy about it and you know, his players were as well, how it played out at the end. Uh, I think everybody was was had a little moment, you know, inside of them before they left the gym. Coach, watching the video, you see there at the end as he he misses the first shot, and they make certain they give him a nice lane to let that rebound get back to him and get a nice free <laughs> shot off. But it's it's one of those things, It's the wins and the losses, they mean so much. But when you have a kid that gives everything and it means so much to him to be able to be a part of that program – you see him go out there and the joy that, that scoring that basket for him. This was a night that he'll never forget the rest of his life. No, he won't. Um, you don't know. I mean, he thanked us probably a hundred times after the game. And, uh, you know, we gave him the team ball and all the players signed it. Um, this is just a moment that if anybody deserved it, it was him. And uh, as much time and as much effort and um, pride he has in our program, I mean, there's there's nothing I can imagine that uh, could make him happier than getting a chance out there and then actually scoring. Well, Scott Skyhawks get the win, 64-49, but that wasn't the story. The story was Flash Gerald tonight. And Coach Nick Cabell, Scott, we uh, definitely appreciate you taking time out to talk with us. And, uh, you know, from our side of things, too, thank you for a, a moment of perspective there for all of us. Hey, thank you, guys. And I appreciate everything you guys do. You do a wonderful job. We greatly appreciate it. Sticking with um, that area, in fact, Joe Linville, WVOW, 
Um, he is on the phone with us. He joins us now on the program. And uh, Joe, from from your perspective, tell me tell me about the moment tonight for uh, for Flash Gerald. I'll tell you what, it, it was such such a special moment. I'm, I'm disappointed. I did the PA tonight, and I didn't hear any audio. But but anyway, <laughs> I've known I've known Flash, uh, you know, through his four years at Scott, and and like Coach Cable said, there you'll not find a kid that has any more school spirit, whether it's baseball, basketball, football, or whatever. And and uh, and it was just such a great moment. I everybody he got a standing ovation. Yeah. And 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 everybody at the scorers table and you know was right there with him. I mean, it was just an awesome moment. Uh, you just you just have to know this kid to really appreciate this moment. And just sitting there watching the video, uh, uh, that that's really neat. I thank you guys for putting that up there. Joe, there there are flash girls at schools all around the state, and uh, they they are very special in the community because. Uh, they they bring a, a spirit, a spunk that maybe just some of us old jaded people don't have, and and they they really kind of uh, light your heart when you when you see them, and, and they when you see them please, they please you, and they try to please you as well. Yeah, he he is. He just I don't care where you see this kid. If it's at you know at the field house, at the at the football field, at the at a local grocery store, I don't care where you see this kid. He comes over and and he wants to talk Scott sports. You know, it's, he just. <laughs> He just a super kid, and uh, he was also the homecoming king this year. So, Mister Skyhawk. So, just, just I mean, you can't say enough about this kid. Sounds to me like he's having a pretty good year. He's like a quadruple threat. Yeah, yeah, he is. So, but uh, anyway, let's talk. Let's talk about this basketball game, Roy. It, it was an exciting game in, in Madison tonight. Uh, Mingo Central just come out and really lit up the boards early. Uh, they took a. 14-7 lead at the end of the first and a 29-21 halftime lead. Uh, what really sparked the Skyhawks, uh, Andrew Day, uh, junior guard, uh, come out there and hit three threes in a row, just back to back to back. And it just got the crowd pumped up. It got the Skyhawks pumped up. And uh, there was no looking back after that. And that was that was the turn of the ball game. And uh, senior Tanner Bell had a big night, uh, scoring 24 points. They ended up with the nine points is all he scored, but that was enough to turn the team around. Allen Johnson had 14 for Scott. For uh, Mingo Central, very disappointing night. These guys have struggled. Uh, of course, uh, Garland Thompson being the first-year head coach over there, and these guys are was uh, looking for a, for an upset tonight. Uh, Dalton Hatfield picked up 13, and uh, Deontay Joplin uh, scored 12. Uh, it was just, I mean, there was a lot of scrapping going on. It, it was just a really hard fought, uh, a good high school basketball game to be at tonight. That was a, a big win for um, the uh, for the for the club. That was number nine, uh, Joe, and um, they lost three out of four coming into this one, so they had to get a little bit of momentum going before the postseason started. They still have a game on Monday night against Tulsa at home. Right, yeah, that'll uh, on the schedule. Uh, it, I think it's listed maybe as Tuesday night, but you're right, Bill. It's it's a Monday night game, and and that'll finish up Scott as they uh, get ready for uh, that tough sectional. And uh, by the way, Ryan, we still have a, a sleeping bag and a air mattress over at the radio station. Uh, you can come over and spend the night uh, next week as you make your uh, back-to-back trips to Logan. 
Well, see, that, I appreciate the offer. The problem is I have to work in Huntington in the night in between. You I mean, just do a remote, maybe up in no, Logan? Yeah. yeah. No. No. Yeah, I don't, I don't know anybody that's got a helicopter that would fly you down and back, you know. Uh, I know. I, I, could, I, I could use some assistance in that, but hey, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, hopefully get to see you next week at that, uh, that sectional tournament. And it should be a lot of fun. And definitely appreciate you taking time out to call us tonight. And it will be. You guys have a good night. All right, that's Joe Linville, WVOW, as Scott beats Mingo Central tonight. And again, Flash Gerald, early nominee for Player of the Night. Right now, we'll step aside, take a break. When we come back, you'll hear from our standout athlete of the week. Dylan Ward will join us live here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. High School Basketball's Voice in the Mountain State. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. High School Basketball action in West Virginia is heating up as teams focus on a trip to the state championship in Charleston. Stay up to date with your local team and its progress all season long with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia for three hours every Friday night from 9 to midnight. Listen online or on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Hear sports writers, broadcasters, coaches, players, and your call recapping your team's game. Visit basketballnight.com for more details on how you can become part of the show. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. And thanks to everyone that has sent us all the game reschedules. You can send your game reschedules by text, tweets, and emails. We appreciate you being part of all the people out there updating us on all the rescheduled games throughout the Mountain State. Send your rescheduled games via Twitter. Send it to at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup you can also text us 304-249-4924 304-249-4924 and you can send us an email email scores at basketballnight.com scores at basketballnight.com go to our website and check it out find out how you can connect with the show a shout out to all our new twitter followers follow us on twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup new followers include christina fox at kfox underscore provado traquan gibson lucas haynes at luda 304 coach wiley at alex 1967 thanks for following us on twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup if you love basketball then there's only one place to be on friday nights after the game basketball friday night in west virginia This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to Basketball Night in West Virginia with James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 10.33 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, James Collier, Bill Cornwell with you as we are halfway home on another edition of our celebration of high school basketball in the Mountain State. We'll talk with our standout athlete of the week, Dylan Ward, in just a moment. But first, it's time for another check of the BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Looking for scores? Look no more. Go to BasketballNight.com for all your scores from around the Mountain State. We'll start on the boys' side this time. It was the Cameron Dragons flaming out the Bishop Donahue Bishop, 63-51. 
East Hardy over Moorefield, or falls to Moorefield, excuse me, 73-69. That game in overtime. The Brook Bruins get past Weir, 69-52. It was Willing Central, 67-42 win over Payton City. Lincoln County knocks off Buchanan Upshur, 68-59. Chapmanville defeats Wayne, 87-70. Grafton, a 30-point win over East Fairmont, 71-41. Fayetteville moves to 14-2 in single A, a 86-51 win over the Richwood Lumberjacks. It was Greenbrier West over Montcalm, 73-31. Hampshire, 80. Frankfurt, 67. Musselman gets past Hedgesville, 68-51. The Appleman moved to 15-4, while Hedgesville falls to 16-4. Sissonville with a four-point win over Hoover, 44-40. Still looking for an updated score from Liberty, Harrison, and Ritchie County. Last score we had, 21-11 at the half. If you have a score, please... Send it to us on Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup. The Wyoming East Warriors hit the century mark with a 174 victory over Liberty Raleigh. It was Martinsburg getting it their 17th win of the season, 87-37 over the Washington Patriots. Midland Trail, 88. Nicholas County, 73. But Scott over Mingo Central, 64-49. Morgantown remains undefeated in Class AAA and high atop the standings with 19-0 Huntington. The Mohegan 66-39 win over Wheeling Park. Notre Dame gets past Tucker County 79-62. Shady, Bre- Shady Spring 57, Independence 49. It was Kaiser, the Golden Tornado, spin up a win over South Garrett, Maryland 61-58. The Princeton Tigers with a 63-59 win over the West Side Renegades. Robert C. Bird knocks off number one team in Class AA. 16-2, Bridgeport Indians, 46-33. Only the second loss this season for Bridgeport. The other coming to the Huntington Highlanders. Tuck Valley, 92. Valley Fayette, 42. Spring Valley, now winners of four straight. Behind Calvin Henchman's 18, Chandler Stacy dumps in 16 as the Timberwolves pick up a 57-48 win over the Winfield Generals. Van with a two-point win over Pikeview, 46-44. Hurricane, 66. St. Albans, 57. The Polka Dots, still undefeated in the state of West Virginia, moved to 17-2 atop AA, 60-35 win over Charleston Catholic. Cross Lanes Christian, 58. Greater, Greater Beckley Christian, 47. Bluefield, 64. Rebar East, 47. Taste Valley Christian over Ambassador Christian, 72-40. And our final score on the boys' side, West Virginia School of the Death, 47. Marie Phillip, 41. Bill Cornwell. Let's check the girls' scores from the out the state. First off, a battle of a couple of the Catholic schools at the state. Wheeling Central knocks off Charleston Catholic 43-34. It was East Hardy 45, Moorfield 24. North Marion Huskies over the Grafton Bearcats 83-67. Princeton Tigers take care of Riverview 37-32. It was Westside 70, Scott 40. Tulsa behind Dana Gerald's 41. Dana Gerald's 40 points. After 41 Tuesday against Logan, Tulsa knocks off Clay County tonight, 57-53. Jefferson taking on an out-of-state opponent, North Hagerstown, Maryland. Jefferson gets the win, uh, 78-59. Martinsburg knocks off University, 71-58. It was Summers County, 88. Independence, 30. Liberty, actually uh, 
Webster County taking on East Fairmont. East Fairmont's Bees get that one by a score of 69-32. to It was Greenbrier East taking care of Pendleton County, 84-30. to Now we get into postseason action. We have a, had a couple of games tonight in Class Single A, Region 4, Section 1, the sectional tonight there. And Doddridge County ends the season for Calhoun County, 54-38. And while it was Parkersburg Catholic knocking off Ward County, 51-23. In the West Virginia Christian Athletic Tournament, it was Wood County Christian, 56-39 winners over Greater Beckley Christian. That's a look at your scores on the girls' side. Thank you very much, Bill. And we go right back to the phone lines here as our standout athlete of the week is Dylan Ward. He's a senior at Parkersburg South, a 3.8 honor student involved with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Had a double-double in a win over University, 13 points, 10 rebounds, and four consecutive double-digit scoring efforts in the past two weeks. The team captain also works half a day each day through Wood County's co-op program, he is Dylan Ward, our standout athlete of the week. He joins us now on the program. And Dylan, first off, congratulations on being this week's Basketball Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Thank you. Dylan, tell me what got you involved first off in, uh, I mean, we've got a lot we can talk about here, but we'll start with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. What got you started in that program? Um, I just thought it was a good idea I'm uh it's uh important to me and a lot of my team's doing it and uh I just think that um it's a good idea it just started in south this year so I've tried to become a part of it Dylan uh talk about the the Wood County co-op program you get an opportunity to go to work for a half of day each day how do you translate what you learn of of having the responsibility of of keeping a job of being able to also take care of what you need to do in the classroom as well as being able to translate that over to the basketball court. Uh, yeah, um, it's the first time I've had a job, so it's different. And you got to maintain all three things, just uh, working and school and basketball. Tell me about the co-op program. Exactly what does that consist of uh, in terms of half of your day each day? Uh, just half of the day, I go to uh, elementary school and I just help out in the office. Um, I take care of a lot of stuff there, and I'm just basically another secretary there for half the day. So, well, last year, uh, Parkersburg South, your, your basketball team, state runners up, and very senior heavy group a year ago. Now this year, still having a, a good season. And I know uh, coming off of a, a couple of, of tough games, but uh, still 13-6 and six on the season, doing very well uh, for this year and had a big win over Parkersburg uh, just a couple of nights ago. Uh, tell me about transitioning, though, into a starting role and, and, and seeing that change after being behind such a strong group of guys a year ago. It's a, it's a lot different than last year. Um, last year we had a lot of good seniors, and uh, this year we have a lot of people that um, haven't had as much experience with varsity. So it's uh, it's been a big difference. And at first uh, in the season we struggled a little bit, but I think we're getting a lot better now. And 
learning to play together better. So we're doing a lot better than at the beginning. Dylan, staying on the basketball court, but uh, stepping away from your uh, your work with Parkersburg, tell me about some one-on-one matchups with your dad. We've heard, had some reports. Uh, you've uh, not had a favorable outcome to the, to the old man. Oh, I, he hasn't beaten me in a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, I, I don't know, even remember the last time he has. <laughs> and D- Dylan, I, I know that, that life I know, had to be a lot easier around the campus of Pergersburg South this week because I did notice that you did knock off the Big Reds this week. And in my experience with both the Big Reds and your high school, that there's no love lost. So I'm, I know that uh, life's been very nice at Pergersburg South the last couple of days. Yeah, it has. It's always a huge game. Uh, there's just no no seats available like in either gym when we play them. It's a huge game for us, and it's about like sectional seating too. So, I'm just happy we won. And you guys have a really uh, tough road next week. You you got a very good GW team you play, and of course you're, you're taking on Morgantown still undefeated. Yeah, we've been. Uh, preparing already for next week it's going to be a big week for us dylan congratulations on uh being our standout athlete of the week and we wish you guys the best of luck uh, over the course of the of the next week as well all right thank you that's dylan ward a senior at parkersburg south high school with the patriots and this week's basketballnight.com standout athlete of the week when we come back we're going to hear from Dina Geralds. She scored 41 points tonight in Tulsa, or excuse me, 40 points tonight, her second 40-plus point game of the week in Tulsa's win over Clay County tonight. Also, we'll talk with Chris Kidd at WBOW Radio. He had the Chapmanville Regional win over Wayne. We'll talk with both of them when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia returns here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. There's absolutely no better place to be than right here. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University. Visit BasketballNight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. Watch our live high-definition video stream by going to BasketballNight.com. It takes just one click to watch. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by clicking the Listen Live tab. We want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. We'd like you to become our correspondent. Update us on your team's reschedules, scores, and anything else you'd like to send about your teams. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. Give us an update on your team's reschedules and any other information you'd like to send. You can tweet, text, and email. Find out how by visiting basketballnight.com. Special thanks again to all our affiliates carrying the show tonight. A shout-out to all our new Twitter followers. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. New followers include Lucas Haynes at Luda304, Coach Wiley at Alex1967, Robert Lewis at Lewis8944R, Bearcat Nation, Michaela at Big Mac 3013, Kettlecorn at Dean Ketz, Trey Maynard, Bobby Foggin, They Call Me Jay, Jay Cronin, Noah Heinzman, Jason Wilhite, Mark Richmond, Mason989, Alex Blackenbecker, Jasmine Thieke, Tina Lane at Tina Lane71, Jason Westfall, Coach D, One Life, Hunter Ridgeway, 
Amy Beeman, Paul Humphrey, Angela Toller, Mr. Flattery, and Evan Cole. Thanks for following us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out BasketballNight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone, James Collier, and Ryan Epling. 1046 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Bill Cornwell, James Collier with you tonight. Glad to have you along wherever you may be listening. Want to... Give you one bit of advice, though, if you're heading out onto I-64 eastbound, wanting to go through Charleston, don't. It shut down at the 57 mile marker after Just three don't. vehicle crash. And that, and that like east of the state capital, if I'm not mistaken, uh, no, that's, that's, that, that is west of the state capital, as near McCorkle. Okay. The McCorkle interchange before Oakwood Road, which is 119. Okay. So it's uh, it's west of that. So if you're going into Charleston from the west. Going eastbound. Okay. Shut down right before you get into Charleston, between South Charleston and Charleston. And, Ryan, before we get uh, back into the show, a big hello to John C. He's uh, listening to us down in Louisville, Kentucky. So uh, he uh, sent out a big congrats to the Skyhawks tonight over the, with the win over the Miners. So uh, a big hello down to Louisville, my old hometown. So. You know, people listen to this show from all over the place, and it's fantastic that they do so. We definitely appreciate it. You know, I would almost bet, I would almost bet, you know, like you said, people listening all the way, but I'd say there's probably somebody up around Michigan that may be even having a, having a blue evening tonight. So <laughs> that, that's, that's very, very true. You know, back to basketball tonight and uh, the Tulsa Lady Rebels now 11-11. They even their record after a very nice win over a good Clay County team, 57-53. Lady Rebels get the win at St. Albans High School against Clay County. And uh, in that ball game, Dina Geralds scores 40 points. It's the second time this week that she had scored 40. She joins us now on the program. And uh, First off, Dina, congratulations on the win tonight. Thank you, sir. Your ball game tonight, uh, 40 points against a very good Clay County team. I know that's a team that if you guys can get out of the sectional, that's a team that could be a regional opponent, could be a barrier to the state tournament. But uh, just tell me about uh, what went right for you to score 40 tonight. Um, well, I couldn't do it without my teammates. You know, um, they pulled down 31 rebounds, our post players did, and they got me the ball out down the floor, and we they were spread it out and get a lot of fast breaks. So tonight you get the win over Clay County. And earlier this week, a, a, a very tough loss to Logan. You had 41 in that game. You've been scoring 25 to 28 a night. What has been the difference between scoring in the you know upper 20s every night and then now hitting the 40-point mark twice in one week? Well, um, I, my teammates and me, you know, um, earlier in the season when um, we were – not doing very great. Um, we we got together, you know, we decided what our weaknesses and strengths were, and our coach, uh, Rick Marone, um, he got us together to um, see what, what we could improve in, and we just kept building off of it since then. You know, we were struggling with uh, man-to-man defense earlier in the season, but now that we've picked it up, you know, we've been able to create steals and fast breaks, and it's able to help us score more during the game. 
Dana, talk about those strengths that you acknowledged in your system, especially offensively. What is it about Coach Marone's system that has really played itself well to your skills to allow you to go out and succeed like you have this season? Well, um, he allows he allows me to you know be a captain, which I'm really thankful of. <laughs> I respect him a lot, you know, as a coach, and he's really a father figure to me as well. Um, he he's really able to put me in positions where he knows I can score. He knows where I'm at my best at, and where my weaknesses are, and also my teammates as well. And he puts us all in positions where we can do our best and um, do best for our team. Dina, when we first saw your score and your stats this evening, and of course the stats you've had uh, the last two games, we were kind of talking about the fact that, yeah, it may say that in the program that you're a freshman, but uh, after the, the numbers you put up this year and the results you've gotten, to, you feel like you've kind of gone beyond the tag freshman and, and you've really kind of advanced in your game. Well, I just, I just try you know, to get my teammates involved well. Um, I couldn't do it without them either, and not without um, Coach Marone, you know. He he makes sure that even though we're a young team, you know, he treats us as though we're all seniors and he includes us all in um, leading our team to a victory. So, Dana, does the uh, does the student section, when you get going, do they still uh, ring out the cheer, she's our freshman, whenever you uh, you, you get going good? Uh, yeah, they do <laughs> They can get pretty wild. Uh, one last question for you, Dan. I know you, you had to miss a game uh, last week, uh, had, had a tweak in your knee, and I know there was some concern about, about how it was. I know, I know Coach Marone even told me like, it really bothered her that, that she couldn't play that one game uh, that you missed against Herbert Hoover. Uh, but you've come back from that, and, and if anything, you've increased your scoring. I, I presume the knee feeling pretty good. Yeah, um, it's feeling a lot better actually, as you can tell. Um, I'm, I would, um, he really put me in position where you know that um, if, that I could decide, you know, whether I could play or not. Um, the doctors said I was allowed to play, but I didn't want to take a chance on you know risking the knee injury, you know, and be out for the rest of the season. And I think I made the right choice, you know, to sit and see how things go through practice through the week and just take it easy. Dana, once again, congratulations on the Lady Rebels' win tonight over Clay County and certainly wish you the best of luck as postseason play begins for you guys next week. Thank you, sir. All right, that's Dina Geralds, freshman at Tulsa High School. 40 points tonight in the Lady Rebels' win over Clay County. We go back to the phone lines. Chris Kidd, WVOW in Logan. He had a high-scoring game tonight between Chapmanville Regional and Wayne. The Tigers getting the win and uh, – Chris, a lot of a lot of points scored tonight. Yeah, that game was uh, frenetic from the start of it. It just was up and down, and uh, you know Chapmanville and Wayne. It was very tight there in the first quarter, twenty three twenty one, and uh, Chapmanville just started to pull away in the second quarter. Uh, Chapmanville they didn't hit any three pointers against Sissonville on Tuesday night, and then finally started to get going uh, tonight. But uh, you know you saw a lot of, a lot of full court pressure back and forth, a lot of cherry picking on both sides both teams able to get some easy baskets but uh, you know Chapmanville was really helped tonight by Jordan Witt you know they had senior night tonight at Chapmanville and uh, he's the only senior on the team and he put up a career high 26 points tonight uh, Wayne was able to keep up for most part they got in some foul trouble had Devin Hall get in foul trouble uh, 
Uh, and had a few others get in the foul trouble as well. But, uh, you know, Chattanooga just really attacked on the inside uh, a lot in the second half. And, uh, you know, it was really the spark plug that helped them. And, uh, you know, he we talked to him after the game, and uh, he was really – really adamant about wanting to do well on his uh, senior night but uh, it was a fun game to announce anyway you know a lot of people uh, have been talking about the type of style brad knapp was going to bring back to chapmanville seeing as he played with hearts back in the, the 1990s when they were still school and uh, you know tonight you got a nice heavy dose of that well, a good up and down game as you mentioned and of course chapmanville getting the win and just looking through we're allowed to look ahead because we aren't players. But um, Scott or Chapmanville Regional eleven and eight. Scott also uh, a team that's uh, nine and twelve. But those two teams are you know the Corridor G rivalry is a great rivalry, uh, obviously. But that entire section to me seems like anybody could get hot and win it. Well, right now, it's kind of the uh, way everybody's looking at it. I, I mean, I, in my opinion, I feel like the other section is definitely the, the deepest uh, in that region with Polka, Herbert Hoover, Sissonville. Uh, you know, Chattanooga went up to Sissonville. They split with them this year. They beat them at home by 10, and then they lost up there by 11. Chattanooga did beat Herbert Hoover in the first game of the season for Chattanooga, but uh, they still have uh, a rematch with them next Friday, but uh, I don't know. It's just it looks like with Hoover and Sissonville sitting there. I mean, everybody obviously kind of pencils Polka in automatically, but uh, uh, with Hoover and Sissonville sitting there, it's going to be tough for uh, anybody from this section to get to Charleston. I'm not saying it's impossible by any stretch because Tulsa's got a very strong team. Uh, Scott's shown that whenever they're on their game, they can be very difficult to deal with. And even Chapmanville, I mean, they've uh, they've had a lot of great spurts this season. It's just from where they're so young, uh, there can sometimes be some inconsistencies. But, uh, I mean, even with the Wayne and Mingo Central, I mean, Mingo Central's had a win over sectional rival this year, even though they've really struggled. Uh, Wayne's been able to knock off Scott by one point this year and almost came back from 20-plus down in the first game against Chapmanville and beat them. So, uh, I don't think anything's sewn up in that sectional whenever that starts in a couple of weeks. But uh, right now, I think tomorrow night's game with Chapmanville and Tulsa, that's a make-up game, especially the first game of the year. And here we are near late February, and we're going to get it in now. But uh, uh, I think that'll say a lot. I think Tulsa's definitely in the driver's seat to be the uh, top seed in the section. Uh, if they beat Chapmanville, then they would have a season sweep over the Tigers. Uh, I think uh, – I know they at least won one over uh, Scott earlier this year. I'm not sure if they had the return uh, matchup yet, but uh, I I think that Tulsa is looking like the one seed. But if Chattanooga could win tomorrow night, uh, that might place a little bit of doubt in some of the voters whenever they get ready to seed next week uh, because Chattanooga would have a split with them. They would have those wins over Sissimil and uh, Herbert Hoover. But uh, Tulsa seems like they might be the one that looks like Scott and Chattanooga might face off in that 2-3 in that section. Chris Kidd, always a pleasure, buddy. Thanks for calling in tonight. Definitely, man. No problem. All right. That's Chris Kidd, WVOW Radio, Chapmanville Regional, getting the 87-70 win over Wayne. Right back to the phone lines, Wes McKinney, W-A-E-Y. He calls Princeton Tiger basketball and the Tigers tonight taking on West Side And uh, West, a nice win for Princeton. Yeah, guys, Princeton snaps a uh, five-game losing streak by beating the Renegades of Westside 63-59. to And really the difference in the game was uh, Princeton had a little bit more size 
than the Renegades. They also got in foul trouble, did West Side in the first half. It forced them to play small, and Princeton really took advantage of that size and of the foul trouble. The, the a Renegades battled all night in the third quarter, outscored them by 10 in the third quarter, had a five-point lead going into the fourth. Uh, back-and-forth action there early on in the fourth. But Princeton hit some free throws down the stretch, made a couple more plays, and then uh, the five-game losing streak, which which seems like a date back to forever ago because counting tonight, guys, Princeton only played eight games, eight games in, in, in the calendar year of 2016, and they'd only won one game before tonight this calendar year. So big, big win for Princeton going forward, heading into the stretch of next week. Has that, uh, Wes, that, that problem of having so few contests and just not getting on the court and gelling, has that been part of the problem for Coach Gillard and the team? Yeah, Bill, I think it has been. You know, uh, like Princeton, uh, three, four minutes into the game, they didn't have a point on the board and they were a little bit out of rhythm. You could tell Westside was pressing early and they just wasn't real sure how to fill out the press. And I think some of that. I mean, I know most of these kids have played together, you know, since elementary school, but you could tell that they just weren't quite gelling together uh, early on tonight. I think that's a byproduct of not playing a ton of games. I know uh, they had about a two-week layoff before they played last night against Pikeview, and earlier this year they had another. They had a 12-day layoff um, in the middle of January. So, so I think that playing only 15 games this, uh, up to this point has, has really had an effect on the Tigers. Well, Wes, we always appreciate you taking time out to talk with us. And um, coming up ahead for Princeton, uh, game tomorrow at home with Shady Spring. Uh, Valley Fayette took one on the chin tonight from Tug Valley, and you guys play them uh, Monday. Just a, another busy week, uh, weather, yeah, weather guys, permitting. That, yeah, actually, guys, that Shady Spring game, and, and, and something is just really weird. The Shady Spring game has actually been moved to Monday. And, or I'm sorry, to Wednesday night, and will be the front end of a double header um, at Princeton. Princeton will play Shady Spring at four o'clock on Monday afternoon at or Wednesday. I should say. I keep saying Monday. We'll play Shady Spring Wednesday afternoon uh, at four o'clock, and then that, and then following that game will be the sectional game uh, in girls between Princeton and Woodrow Wilson. So busy day of hoops next Wednesday at Princeton. Uh, senior high school, but but back to your point there, Ryan. Uh, three very three very winnable games for the Tigers next week, starting with Valley Fayette on on Monday, Shady Spring on Wednesday, and then uh, the uh, the other big rivalry that will be Princeton and Bluefield out to Brush Fork Armory, and Princeton will be looking for the season sweep there. And if Princeton can get three wins next week, they'd be ten and eight heading into sectional play with four straight wins be feeling really good about themselves after after a five-game losing streak here over the uh, past two, three, four weeks. Wes, always a pleasure. Yes, sir. Take care, guys. All right, that's Wes McKinney, WAEY Radio. Princeton gets the win tonight over Westside. We'll step aside, take a break. Two hours down, one to go. We're with you till midnight here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. 
Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. The Mountain State's voice for all things high school basketball. A special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates. You can listen to Basketball Friday night in West Virginia throughout the Mountain State on great radio stations including 94 Rock, WRLF Fairmont, Talk 92.5, WTHM LP, Ravenswood, Ripley, Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM, WIRCLP Spencer, 104.5 FM, WASP. LP Huntington, 97.9 FM WSPWLP Parkersburg, 101.1 FM WVWP Wayne, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM WRSG Middleburn, 106.7 FM WHFI Linside, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM WVOW Logan, 90.7 FM WFGH Fort Gay. 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM WQAZLP Edmond Beckley 101.7 FM WYAPLP Clay Marshall University's flagship station 88.1 FM WMUL Huntington Cable subscribers can find Basketball Friday Night in the Huntington region on Comcast Channel 25 and Armstrong Digital Channel 204. Streaming online high-definition video can be found on our website, basketballnight.com, and on affiliate rsnsports.com. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by going to basketballnight.com and click on Listen Live. If you think you missed something on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, you can now go to the Apple iTunes Store and download the podcast. You can find us by searching Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia in the iTunes Store. Subscribing is simple and completely free. Podcasts are also available directly on BasketballNight.com. Check it out and you can listen and watch all the past shows. Go to BasketballNight.com. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Heard statewide on great radio stations. Visit BasketballNight.com to find the station nearest you. Get all the scores all the time at BasketballNight.com or on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. Now back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with James Collier, Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 11.04 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Bill Cornwell, James Collier with you. Happy to have you along wherever you may be listening, be it online, basketballnight.com, or on one of our 14, 15. How many affiliates are we at now? 14, I believe. I could be wrong. Yeah. I think the last number I heard was 14. And and, and growing. Hell yeah. We, we, growing. We're ready to grow more, and, and I believe that the technology is about to allow us to do that. Uh, one of the pieces of the puzzle that we needed to work out, I think, that happened about three weeks ago. So hopefully we can uh, expand a few new stations right before we get ready for state tournament time. And if you're listening online and want this show carried on your local radio station, give them a call. Have them get in touch with us. Right now we want to cover basketball scores. It's time for a check of the basketballnight.com Looking for scores, look no more. Go to basketballnight.com for all of your scores from around the Mountain State. We'll start on the boys. Cameron over Bishop Donahue, 63-51. It was Moorefield with a win in overtime over East Hardy, 73-69. Petersburg knocks off Pendleton County, 75-64. Metal Bridge, a one-point winner over Tigers Valley, 52-51. The Brook Bruins victorious over Weir. 
69-252. Wheeling Central over Wheeling Catholic. Yeah, Wheeling Central. I've been trying to get this Wheeling, one. Well, here's the Wheeling thing. Central Catholic. There's Wheeling Central Catholic. The one you're, you're messing up with is Steubenville Catholic Central Ohio. There we go. Which <laughs> is the only one that's backward <laughs> yeah. that I know. There we go. They yeah. win tonight 67-42. Lincoln County 68, Buckhannon Upshire 59. It was Chapmanville with an 87-70 win over the Wayne Pioneers. Grafton with a 30-point win over East Fairmont, 71-41. Fayetteville victorious over Richwood, 86-51. Greenbrier West eases past Montcalm, 73-31. Hampshire gets one game closer to 500 on the season, knocking off 16-5 Frankfurt with an 82-67 win over the Falcons. Musselman drops Hedgesville, 68-51. Sissonville, a four-point win over the Hoover Huskies, 44-40. It was Liberty Harrison over Ritchie County, 54-45. Wyoming East, 100. Liberty Raleigh, 74. Martinsburg picks up their 17th win in Class AAA, 87-37 thrashing of the Washington Patriots. Midland Trail, 88. Nicholas County, 73. Scott knocks off Mingo Central. 64 to 49. Morgantown stays undefeated, 19 and 0 now in Class AAA. 66 39 win over the Wheeling Park Patriots. Philip Barber 65, North Marion 54. Notre Dame over Tucker County 79 62. Shady Spring 57, Independence 49. Kaiser with a three point win over South Garrett, Southern Garrett, Maryland 61 to 58. The Princeton Tigers, one game closer to 500 now, seven and eight. Just heard from Wes McKinney talking about next team could get well above 500 on a nice four-game run. They finish out the season. 63-59 winners tonight over the Westside Renegades. RCB with the upset of the night, knocking off Bridgeport. 46-33, the Indians take loss number two. The first in Class AA, the other one coming against number one AAA, Huntington. Tug Valley, 92. Valley Fayette, 42. Cabell Midland falling to Nitro, 72-59. South Charleston picking up a win over the GW Patriots, 79-67. Spring Valley picking up its fourth straight win. Calvin Hinchman adds 18. Chandler Stacy with 16 as the Timberwolves roll past the Winfield Generals, 57-48. We'll hear from Corey Maynard in just a few moments. The Van Bulldogs take a bite out of Pikeview, 46-44. Hurricane with a 66-57 win over St. Albans. The Polka Dots take care of Charleston Catholic, 62-35. The Dots, 17-2, still undefeated in the state of West Virginia. Cross Lanes Christian, 58. Greater Beckley Christian, 47. Bluefield knocks off Greenbrier East, 64-47. Taze Valley Christian winners over Ambassador Christian, 72-40. West Virginia School of the Deaf defeats Marie Phillip, 47-41. Now to Ryan for the girls. In sectional tournament play already underway in the Class A Region 4 Section 1 tournament. It was Parkersburg Catholic defeating Work County 51-23 and Doddridge County defeats Calhoun County 64-38. We'll try to work through some of the uh, girls' sectional tournament schedule a little bit later on tonight. Also, regular season play. Actually, first off, West Virginia Christian Association Tournament. It was Wood County Christian defeating Greater Beckley Christian 56-39. Now regular season play. Greenbrier East goes to 17-2 with an 84-30 win over Pendleton County. It was East Fairmont over Webster County 69-32. Also tonight, girls high school basketball. 
in the Mountain State. It was Summers County over Independence, 88-30. Martinsburg defeats University, 71-58. Bulldogs now 16-4. Jefferson goes to 15-5. The Cougars beat North Hagerstown, Maryland, 78-59. Richwood over Tug Valley tonight in girls' high school basketball, 42-36. The Lady Jacks get the win. Tulsa gets a big win over Clay County. 40 points from Dina Geralds. You heard from her earlier in the program. Tulsa beats Clay County tonight, 57-53. Clay County, just their sixth loss of the season. It was Westside handling Scott, 70-40. Princeton beats Riverview tonight, 37-32. The North Marion Huskies defeat Grafton, 83-67. East Hardy beats Moorfield tonight, 45-24. And finally, the Maroon Knights of Wheeling Central Catholic beat Charleston Catholic, 43-34. That is your basketballnight.com scoreboard update. As you heard on the boys' side, Spring Valley wins its fourth straight of the season as the Timberwolves get the win tonight. And... uh, Joining us now on the phone is Corey Maynard. He's the head coach of the Timberwolves. And, uh, Coach, nice win tonight for your ball club. Oh, thank you. Thank you. We we uh, we needed it. Yeah, the Spring Valley getting the win 57-48 over Winfield. And uh, you've had a, a young ball club uh, and one that I know that had faced some struggles early in the season. What has been the difference – in these past four games where you've played very well as we hit the stretch run? Well, we're just fighting better, better as a team. You know, we're young and and inexperienced. And, um, you know, it's been kind of a learning experience for these guys. Obviously, we lost a lot of, uh, you know, production from Jacob and uh, Greg Herbert last year. So everybody's just trying to find their role. And, um, you know, and they have in, in, uh, in time here because – you know, we've played pretty well last uh, last four games. Corey, you go across the river uh, to – well, actually, they come across the river. You match up with Ashland. You went across the river last year, gave a nice beating over to the Tomcats. This time they come into your house and one of the top teams in the uh, 61st uh, district over in – or 64th district, excuse me, one of the top teams in the 16th region. And, and a lot of people saying that – this team, this Ashland team led by Christian Villers could really lead this Ashland team back to a 16th regional championship. You guys take care of them pretty handily. What was the game plan going in to be able to really limit this team and get away with a nice win? Well, we need, you know, obviously you got to do the best you can to slow, slow Villers down. And we did that by safeguarding him and, and, and his brother as well. Because at halftime, you know, they had 16 of their 19 points. So we really just, uh, did not did the ball the best we could, and uh, you know the Christian still got twenty three, but uh, we made it made it a tough twenty three for him, and uh, you know, and we just had other guys play well. Um, we uh, went inside and, and had some success with that, and we just uh, continued to go inside. And you know, our defense has been playing better, and um, you know, getting better every 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 game and every day. So uh, we get, did a pretty good job on him. Corey, talk a bit about some of the personnel uh, after a slow start. Uh, Chandler Stacy has been on fire lately, and also 
Uh, one of your two seniors, Calvin Henchman, is really starting to hit his shots. But probably one of the biggest things has been the development of your freshman point guard, Grayson Malashev. It's hard to believe this time a year ago this guy was playing in the Wayne County Middle School Championship. But, man, he has been doing a great job running the ball club lately. Oh, he's been doing great. You know, we couldn't ask any more. He's uh, really, uh, you know, controlling the offense and, um, you know, getting the, distributing the ball, getting it to people in the right spots. He he takes care of it very, very well. And, you know, he, he's been doing a fantastic job. I mean, he's, uh, you know, to be a freshman and play in the hardest position on the court in this conference is tough. And he's done an exceptional job all year long. And, uh, you know, he's just going to continue to get better. Corey, this is uh, back-to-back seasons now that you've had to use an underclassman to run the point. Did uh, Do you take last season and what you learned by having to do that, of uh, being able to kind of get some pointers of how to, to, to deal with Malashevich this year to make certain you don't put too much on his plate too early? Well, you, you know, um, he, he, he understands the game. He's got a very, very high basketball IQ. And, and, and he understands the game. You know, we – we started off the season a different route, you know, and then he just continued to play and continue to develop. And, and by the, you know, I don't know, sixth, seventh game of the season, um, you know, he was uh, coming in and, and uh, you know, we needed to make that change and, and get him at the point. He actually came in against Huntington High and and uh, when we played them and uh, and did very, very well and showed that he could, you know, handle running the point. point. And uh, he's, he's done it all year long. Well, Corey, your regular your regular season's over now. Uh, you've got a, a week to rest and practice and prepare for sectional play, right? Yeah, yeah. You know that could be a good thing or a bad bad thing. You know, uh, I mean, we used to try to schedule a game in there the week before, and some things have happened, and we haven't been able to do that. So, you know, it, it could work either way. But we got plenty of time off to get rested up to go back and. You know, after our sectional seedings come out on Tuesday, you know, start preparing for uh, for who we play and can focus and have our attention on that. Spring Valley, we worked out for. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry, but the Spring Valley Timberwolves now seven and fifteen, and winners of four straight playing good basketball. They wind up the regular season with a win tonight over Winfield, and as you heard, we'll take a break before uh, getting into sectional tournament play in a couple of weeks. Corey Maynard, head coach of the Wolves. Thanks for calling and thanks for talking with us tonight. Thank you. All right. We'll step aside, take a break, come back. We will switch valleys from Spring Valley to Tug Valley. We'll talk with Jordan Mounts, WFGH Radio. He had the call of the Panthers' big win tonight over Valley Fayette. That's when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia, the Mountain State's voice for all things high school basketball. Felicity Van Gilder, East Fairmont Lady Bees, Erica Bowles, Fairmont Senior Polar Bears, Madison Webb, Chapmanville Tigers, Dalton Gray, Webster County Highlanders. What they all have in common is they were selected by Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as the standout athlete of the week. Have someone remarkable on your team? Did you have an athlete make an outstanding play? You can nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we consider nominees 
fees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a standout athlete of the week. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com, and click on the Standout Athlete of the Week tab. Fill out the nomination form, and we'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. Check it out at basketballnight.com. It's the Daily Hoops Roundup, part of basketballnight.com. Every day, we recap the day's scores just for you on all the teams in West Virginia. We send followers a tweet at midnight with a link to the Daily Hoops Roundup. You can also visit basketballnight.com and just click on Daily Hoops Roundup for all the day's scores. And we'd like for you to become part of our score reporting crew during the week, too. And if your team has a reschedule, let us know about that, too. Send us your team scores by Twitter, text, or email, and we'll make that part of our Daily Hoops Roundup. We want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night at West Virginia family. On Twitter, follow us at Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. You can email scores and reschedules for your team to scores at basketballnight.com. Check it out at basketballnight.com. It's the Daily Hoops Roundup. Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to Basketball Night in West Virginia with James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. Eleven nineteen on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Me, Did we do something wrong? I, I'm wondering... <laughs> I always get worried. I mean, again, those guys in the back are fantastic. The folks upstairs are too. But you just never know where they're going to go. I'm waiting for a bump with Basketball Jones. That's one of my favorites. Well, we know what we're going to hear next. But That's um, a natural. But I'll say, I'll say this. that Those words and those sounds are exactly what you hear anytime James Collier gets into his car. Oh, guaranteed. Watch out. Watch out. Get off the roads. Get on the sidewalks. <laughs> Uh, we're having fun here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, 11-19, with you until midnight. Also, tonight was a big win for Tug Valley as the Panthers roll Valley Fayette. 92-42 was the final in Smithers tonight. Making the trip from Naugatuck was Jordan Mounts, WFGH Radio. And Jordan, a nice, big, comfortable win tonight for the Panthers. Yeah, Tug Valley really showed up to play basketball here today. They played uh, four good quarters of basketball uh, and played good team basketball. You know, uh, not no real pl- no real player for the Panthers really stood out as being a superstar out there. But uh, they uh, they played good team basketball. Had twenty one assists on the night as a team, and uh, just just a great team win and a great win to build off of for Coach Eddie May. Tonight was just the third game in two weeks. We talked two weeks ago after Tug Valley beat Man. They beat Greater Beckley Christian last Friday night. And this Friday night, tonight, they beat Valley Fayette. Has 
seemingly just by the results, at least, those layoffs have not affected the Panthers adversely to this point. You know, uh, guys, uh, when, uh, Tug Valley actually, uh, now they were greatly affected by, by the uh, by the layoff there, like we were, t- uh, like you all were just mentioning. Uh, you know, but in ways you don't expect. You know, um, having to uh, uh, having that long layoff and then having a they actually had a game get canceled this week, and uh, those boys ended up having to celebrate their senior night uh, at a girls basketball game. So uh, three seniors for Tug Valley's. Uh, basketball team. Unfortunately, they, they weren't able to have a, a, a home a home basketball game for their uh, for their senior night. But you know, aside from that, no, the the boys have stayed uh, they've stayed in practice, and they've uh, and Coach Eddie May's done a good job at, at keeping his guys focused. And uh, it, it, this is a good looking team going into the tournament, guys. Fourteen and three on the season, and uh, some fun coming up. County rivalry with Mingo Central on the twenty third up on Minor Mountain, and then a trip to Hurricane next. Thursday night. Uh, Tech Valley always one of those programs that doesn't shy away from anyone, but uh, th- those are two very winnable ball games for Tech Valley, and also two games that will help the Panthers get ready for postseason play. You know, guys, I, I couldn't agree with that more. Uh, you know, the game against Mingo Central. I know Mingo Central hasn't had the, the strongest of year years there. I know they're a young team, and it's uh, Garland Thompson's first year, so. Uh, uh, a little bit of a, a little bit of a, a adjustment there, getting used to a new coach. But uh, nonetheless, that's like you said, that's an in-county rivalry, and uh, these two schools uh, love to hate each other when they play each other. So uh, it's uh, definitely going to be a, a great game between those two schools. And uh, you know, and, and like you also said, the, the game against Hurricane, uh, we've played them once already this year. Did walk away with a victory, but that was a very very hard game for us uh, for, for the pan. Definitely, uh, definitely going to be a good matchup there when we get up there to their place. Should be a lot of fun. Tug Valley, one of those schools that always seems to be in it and uh, puts good quality basketball teams on the floor year in your out. Jordan Mount, WFPH Radio. Thanks so much for calling, and hopefully you've had a safe trip back to Naugatuck tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for having me on. All right. Definitely appreciate Jordan giving us a call. And, all right, here's another one of the situations. We, we're, we're kind of going back to a repeat of the, of the Rick Marone incident from earlier tonight when we weren't sure if we had him. He could hear us, but we couldn't hear him. We got that all sorted out. I understand we have Bo Anderson, our resident referee. Is, am I correct back there? All right. Uh, I'm told I am. I like it when they tell me I'm right. That doesn't happen very often. <laughs> So our resident referee, Bo Anderson, is with us now. Bo, welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We managed to not put you on hold all that long tonight, I don't think. I don't have, actually well, have the number tonight. Well, wait just a minute. I want to 44 minutes and 49 seconds. He's keeping score. Get a hobby. Hey, we, we appreciate it, Bo. Hey, um, we always see things throughout the course of our, our basketball coverage, and, and the something that our resident referee, Bo Anderson, brings is he, he helps us uh, kind of figure out what the rule is in certain situations, uh, how it 
what it is or, or what should be called or why something was called. And uh, we always appreciate him. And we, he, he lets us give him a difficult time, too, and we appreciate that also. But um, one thing we've talked about is how the, the home book or the official book has to wear uh, uh, stripes to uh, show the official that they are the uh, official scorekeeper. My question to you is, Bo, and this is a situation that happened a few weeks ago. When the official scorekeeper is thrown out by a referee, what happens? <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> you know, you can, <laughs> you can do a couple of things there. Uh, one, uh, if the home team doesn't have someone else that's competent enough to keep the scorebook, you could switch and actually the referee could designate the visiting team's book as the official book um obviously a special report would also be sent in about that and hopefully the school would deal with that individual who was keeping the book for the game um i had an answer a uh, a thing once where the home team's bookkeeper couldn't make it off of their hill a couple years ago and the, the uh, coach that was keeping or uh, that uh, had the home bookkeeper, he come and told me that his daughter is going to keep the book, but she has never kept the book before and would appreciate if we would designate the visiting book, which was a lady who had done it for many years, and he trusted her, uh, you know, her not. Silence. I think we just lost him. He was on a roll too. I know, and and he was giving, he was building to the explanation too. Like, you, you, you it's know. like, and I just feel, feel just a gone. void. Yeah, there's a void there. Was just, he just, captured by Rick Moreau? <laughs> 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 That's my second T. I'm out of here. Yeah, you don't get to go home early though. James. Oh man. Gotta, I tried, Mar- I tried to I tried antics last week. That's what he had. He had he was going for two. He had two T's before he left it. Yeah, I've got I, I've got to say something though. I, I've been to about four girls basketball games this year. One game, the um, one coach got ejected. There was a technical foul in the game I went to last night. Calm down. I, and I'm, I promise you, watching these games, these weren't like blatantly poor things to get upset about well the thing i always had a, a rule as a coach okay if if the officiating warranted it or some nights it's not even the officials it's the fact of the maybe the plays aren't going the way that they need to go the players need a little bit of a lift and sometimes a coach getting teed up can lift that spark mm-hmm. i've gone to refs before and say i'm not sitting down you give me one and i know that i'm going to get my one tee I'll take my one technical, but that is my also cutoff. I'm not going to get the second one. If I if I, I've never had two technical fouls, I've had one. I've deserved to. Um, but um, and I told an official that one night. Uh, I, I told him I wouldn't have argued with him if he gave me to. It, it would have been the best call he made all year. Well, some so. people accused uh, John Calipari last Saturday of getting a, intentionally getting a second technical. I think from he, had Doug a fa- he had a family uh, family affair. He had to get to. I think is what it was. Like but, three minutes into the game, <laughs> and of course Kentucky absolutely just. Uh, devastate South Carolina in the game with Cal off the bench. Well, I understand we have Bo back with us. and uh, Bo, you were, you were telling us a story about the, uh, the home bookkeeper not being uh, – the home coach was having his daughter have to keep the book because their normal bookkeeper couldn't get off the hill, and he asked that the visiting book be delegated as the official book. You can pick up from there. 
No. 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 All right. And the crickets keep chirping. Well, that's uh, that's okay. Hey, Bo, get a good night's rest. We'll talk with Bo again next week. And uh, we certainly appreciate him calling tell, in. Though. Tell you another thing I've noticed, and, and officials like Bo have their hands full right now. Several games, boys and girls, last couple of weeks I have seen, games have been getting a lot more physical. It seems like that the kids are getting used to how the game's being called now, and they're kind of pushing the envelope. I've seen a lot of body contact, a lot of pushing and shoving, elbows and so forth. Maybe it's just end of the year, uh, just jitters or whatever, or just hostility. Well, Billy C., I've been covering a lot of games last month over in Kentucky, and um, it's amazing how much difference the officiating is uh, at the JV level as compared to the varsity level. Now, again, you have three three officials at the varsity level. You only have two at JV, but... Mm -hmm. Um, you're right. The physicality at the middle school and the and the JV level, freshman ball level, it's much more physical for the most part. Now, I'm not saying that you take anything away from what they do down in the paint, but they're not hacking each other to death. I mean, they're they're beating and banging around trying to get position and go for the basketball. But it's not just basically bring your brass knucks and go go down to the the, the backyard park and and have a, have a good day. If you bring a knife, I'll bring a gun. Exactly. You know? <laughs> but um you know it's it's one of those things it's we we have to not to get off on a tangent but we have to show the kids how to play at the correct level so that when they get to the varsity level they know how to play the game the right way. What cracked me up about yesterday was that it, this was not the official who gave the tee but this was actually the official started to Yell back at the coach after like just stop. <laughs> That's always fun. It, it wasn't. It wasn't yelling in like a. It wasn't an abusive manner or anything yeah. like that. But it was it's just like enough. just enough, yeah. man. Like, enough. This guy he officiates college basketball. Yeah. Like that's the first time I've seen him do a high school game, and he just. And the official was throwing you know in the life You know how they chirp in, oh, yeah. in college. He just had enough. Well, my, my rule is as an official or as an umpire, I was always – I would sit there and listen. I would let them get their – if I folded my arms, I was done. I didn't want to hear anything else. And, it, and it, at that point, either someone was getting tossed or someone was getting a technical. That was my stop sign. <laughs> We've got to step aside, take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about a bill that just went through the West Virginia legislature – called the Tim Tebow Bill and how it will affect high school sports in West Virginia uh, should it pass completely through. I think it still had to go to the Senate, but I'll, I'll double-check on that. Also, a situation from just across the river in Kentucky, but something that brought, came up to mind, two teams played a doubleheader. Yeah, they played a game. In basketball. Finished it. Not baseball. And tipped not, it up again. Tossed it up, played another four quarters. Is that a good idea or not? We'll talk about that when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. There's absolutely no better place to be than right here. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Don't forget the poll question. Check it out at basketballnight.com. Each week, we've got a new poll question just for you. It's another way you can interact with the show. Basketball Friday Night, West Virginia's high school voice. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. A big shout out to all of our new Twitter followers, including Ryan Jones at CR Jones WV, William M. Richards at Lefty 1972, Pusha C at Cole Lambert 53. 
J. Mark Gladwell at MB Wildcat Hoops, Travis Martin, Haley Butcher, Ty at Tyler underscore 242424, Jody Basil, R at Taxi 431, WVHS Sports, S. Boggs at Guard Girl 76, and Wayne Young. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. A big thank you to all of our Twitter followers giving us schedule updates, scores, and updates on their teams. Welcome to the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. You're part of the best basketball show in the Mountain State. It's the Daily Hoops Roundup, part of BasketballNight.com. Every day, we recap the day's scores just for you on all the teams in West Virginia. We send followers a tweet at midnight with a link to the Daily Hoops Roundup. You can also visit BasketballNight.com and just click on Daily Hoops Roundup for all the day's scores. And we'd like for you to become part of our score reporting crew during the week, too. And if your team has a reschedule, let us know about that, too. Send us your team scores by Twitter, text, or email, and we'll make that part of our Daily Hoops Roundup. We want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night at West Virginia family. This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to Basketball Night in West Virginia with James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 11.34 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. It's the fastest three hours in radio. Ryan Epling, James Collier, and Bill Cornwell. We play at a fast pace. We like fast pace. I love fast pace. So we go fast pace, too. Run and gun. Yep, that's how we we operate. Speaking, though, of uh, of things that... um, Situations, and we like to always kind of look for a broader picture topic at some point every week. This week, it's the bill in the West Virginia legislature about high school sports. It's called the Tim Tebow Rule, and it was passed by the West Virginia State Senate already. It is in the House, so if the House makes any amendments, it'll have to go back to the Senate. But if the House approves it, then it goes into effect. The SSAC has already uh, come out very much anti on this bill uh they really are planning to fight this as best they can in the house and here's what it is it's called the tim tebow bill and i'll explain that tim tebow did not attend public high school but was still able to play football for a public high school at nice high school in florida Um, what this rule does is it allows kids who are homebound to play on the public school team in their area. Also, there's another little caveat to this. Mm -hmm. It allows kids who are enrolled at private schools to play a sport at a public school that the private school does not offer. Yep. Um, It's obviously got some positives and negatives to it. Um, I don't think... I don't think we have the full gist of it. I haven't been able to read, sit down and read the whole bill because, quite frankly, legalese just gives me a headache. Yeah. But it seems on the surface kind of like a no-brainer. Like, why would you even consider doing not, this? The first thing that jumps in my head when you say that you know, a, a school, a player or a, a, a student that goes to a private school 
could in, could go to a public school to play at a, a sport that is not offered there. Can you say borrow athletes? Well, well, I was thinking of some ex- examples right here in in Capital County. Uh, say a student's at Huntington St. Joe and, and likes to swim. They don't have a swim team, I don't think, at the St. Joe. So well, do you football. go? To, do you go to Huntington High? Do, do you go like hey, Huntington High? Can I be on your team? Football is another thing. St. Joe doesn't have a football team. Well, and then and then what dictates? Where that player has to go, is it have to be the school that is closest to them, or they just have free reign that they can just run around? Because then you open it up to a whole new uh, world of recruiting, basically. That's yeah. in the bill. I believe it is the public school district in which you live. Okay. Yeah. Um, there's also a situation where um, that, that came up of grades. Well, it still goes by if you if you are in a school, an SSAC sanctioned school, and don't make the grades to be eligible to play, and then go homebound, you are still bound by your previous yep. semester. And I think that's at least a, to, a so, very so smart. That's, so that's a big yeah. That's that, a big caveat. That is a two point You have to have a C average to be yeah. eligible. Uh, that's one thing that the SSAC. I know that this was discussed. Uh, I heard it discussed uh, on Hoppy Kirchival's uh, Metro News Talk Line yesterday. Their biggest concern is that you're going to have students that are going to uh, be homeschooled and are not going to meet that 2.0 uh, parameter. And how are you going to determine that? Are you going to just take their word for it? Now, uh, apparently, there is a, a provision where they have to have a portfolio to, to prove that they are meeting standardized tests. And that they are uh, doing all their work and do meet the standards. But again, I, I just don't know if, if there is a objective way of determining if that's legit. I've argued this before because this has been a bill that's been very prominent in the South, not just Florida with Tebow, but a lot of states in the South because there's a lot of kids for religious reasons, for social reasons, and. And some, sometimes I think kind of nefarious reasons uh, are homeschooled, and I, I have always had personally had a problem with it. My opinion: uh, if the school's not good enough for you to attend, it's not good enough for you to play for. That's always been my thought on it, and uh, I know that makes a lot of people mad because a lot of the parents will say, "Well, we pay uh, taxes to support that school, but our kid don't attend, so we're not getting anything for our tax dollar." Well, you choose not to attend, though. You, True. Yeah, you make a choice. You make the choice. Exactly. And, and that and that's what I'm saying. Like, I think there there are good arguments to be made on both sides of this. Honestly, uh, there are, there are some provisions within it that I think make a lot of sense. Now, here's what I want to bring up. Uh, a friend of mine went to Tulsa High School. Was probably would have been a state championship caliber track athlete. Don't have track. Don't have a track team. He could not run for another school, could not run for his own school. He couldn't compete. He wasn't even allowed to compete in the state tournament or, or uh, to any of the meets. Even as an individual. As an individual, right. And that's a situation where you're talking about an individual could not represent his own school and practice with another school even or represent that school. In see, competition see, because the, he didn't have a constituted team. Right. Now the the way things that bothers now the thing the way the things way things work in Kentucky. 
uh, just one state over, is whether it's a private school or an independent school, what have you, if a school does not have a sport that is within the body of your school district, a surrounding school, you may go to that school and play. So, for instance, my, my child, he goes to Raceland Independent School. They do not have a soccer team. The next closest school to Raceland that Russell. does have that is Russell. Yeah. So he could go to Russell and play soccer. But he is still bound by Raceland Independent. Same thing happens with Rose Hill. They do not have a football team. They go to Boyd County to play football. And see, I, I'm, a, I'm actually more okay with that. Yeah, because there, and it. it is so it's so you know cut and dry. It's it's okay. You are bound to your school. You can go to the closest school district in your school district, wherever your school district is, and you can play only that sport. You can't go there and start playing every other sport because you become an athlete there. It's only the sport that is not offered by your school district. And I think I'm okay with that because, like you said, then you get a situation to where you do have some kids that are swimmers, they are track runners, and they they may not have that program there, so it gives them an opportunity to expose them, their skills as well. And I think it's a very important thing because some student athletes never get the opportunity because they just don't have the, the athlete part of the, of the uh, program. It's going to be interesting to see how hard the uh, SSAC lobbies uh, members of the House because that passed in the Senate pretty well. Now, if it does pass the House, and I figure it's going to pass in the House, I would bet that Governor Tomlin will veto it, and it'll be interesting. Does it get back to the legislature for an override vote in time for the end of the session? I, I, I wonder if they amend I'd like to see if there are going to be amendments. Because, again, this is something that, might that, is, be a, that is still in process yeah. of going through the legislature. Yeah, there are a lot of people in the state, I think, that are finally realizing what's being considered down there. And they're starting to, as we have uh, just discussed, uh, let their feelings be known that there are some problems with this. And now, there's, there's certain groups that, especially uh, religious homeschoolers, that uh, they've been dying to have this approved. And... Those may be on the, the kind of the right side of the political spectrum. That this has been a big thing for them all over the South. Now it's getting into West Virginia, and uh, they're, uh, they've had some legislative successes, and they, they think this might be another one. But again, um, I think some people are starting to realize, whoa, let's, let's kind of hold the uh, the wagon up on this one. Right, and and, and this I think this will end up making for a good poll question. And I've, I've got the wording for the uh, for the bill. Again, it's very. Legalese. It's kind of hard to kind of navigate through. It's pretty lengthy, but uh, I'll see if we can have uh, Marcus post a link to it on our website. Because if we just put it on the front of our website, you wouldn't see anything else but that. So, uh, <laughs> so we'll, we'll we'll work on that with him. See, I like see that. I just volunteered Marcus something yeah, else to do. He's right? sitting here, but he's like, he's probably already got it finished. So. Uh, yeah, well, he's ready to launch. That's true. Marcus <laughs> is always like he's, like he's ready to go right then, and it'll launch and, in one minute because it, that's it, what our poll question launches at eleven forty-five every Friday night. Absolutely. So uh, there, there's that situation. The other situation we talked about how some teams have, have had trouble getting games in. And, again, I know we've mentioned Kentucky a lot tonight. And, and for our listeners who are up in the eastern panhandle of West Virginia or the northern panhandle, this is something that is closer to home for us. But I'm sure that you have similar situations in Pennsylvania, Maryland, Virginia, 
Ohio bordering states there and, as and, well. And if you do, please send that to us because, I mean, like you said, Kentucky is very close to us. Ohio is very close to us because that's where we're rooted. We're familiar with we're that. We're familiar with that because we're kind of intertwined in those those programs. But I would love to hear what, what systems Maryland are, is, is using, Virginia, Pennsylvania. Are they using similar styles of that that we just don't get the opportunity to hear about because it is six hours away. But, uh, yeah, of our listeners up in the Eastern Panhandle, please send us any of that information that you hear because i mean this is a very interesting idea of especially one of the things we've talked about when you get backed up because of cancellations is this a good way to fix things right two games in one day is what we're talking about we're talking about a a girls basketball team in kentucky they have a girl who scored over five thousand career points her name's whitney creech she's at western kentucky university at jenkins high school in kentucky they played two games thursday night with Cordia. That was Wednesday night, excuse me. They played Cordia back to back. They played the first game. Jenkins won 111 to 21. Took a few minutes. Tossed it up again, played 32 more minutes, and Jenkins won 86 to 7. 197 to 21 21 combined score. Out of 64 minutes. And and by the way, Jenkins lost tonight. They're about a 500 team, even with the girl who scored 5,000 career points points and had 71 in an overtime win earlier this year. And that was on a night that she needed 68 to break uh, 5,000. And they go to (laughs) overtime, and she scores 71 in an overtime game. Just just absurd. You can't say that she's running it up. No, no. (laughs) We've got to step aside, take a break. We'll come back. We'll get you a final scoreboard update. We'll get you our poll question. We'll wrap things up and put a bow on it here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Not a bow, not a Bo Anderson or a Bo Miller, none of those bows. Just a bow with a W. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, the Mountain State's voice for all things high school basketball. A special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates. You can listen to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia throughout the Mountain State on great radio stations including 94 Rock, WRLF, Fairmont, Talk 92.5, WTHMLP, Ravenswood, Ripley, Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM, WIRCLP, Spencer, 104.5 FM, WASP, LP Huntington, 97.9 FM WSPWLP Parkersburg, 101.1 FM WVWP Wayne, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM WRSG Middleburn, 106.7 FM WHFI Linside, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM WVOW Logan, 90.7 FM WFGH Fort K. 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM WQAZLP Edmund Beckley 101.7 FM WYAPLP Clay Marshall University's flagship station 88.1 FM WMUL Huntington Cable subscribers can find Basketball Friday Night in the Huntington region on Comcast Channel 25 and Armstrong Digital Channel 204. Streaming online high-definition video can be found on our website, basketballnight.com, and on affiliate rsnsports.com. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by going to basketballnight.com and click on Listen Live. 
If you think you missed something on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, you can now go to the Apple iTunes Store and download the podcast. You can find us by searching Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia in the iTunes Store. Subscribing is simple and completely free. Podcasts are also available directly on BasketballNight.com. Check it out and you can listen and watch all the past shows. Go to BasketballNight.com. This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to Basketball Night in West Virginia with James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. Ask and you receive, right? Oh, yeah. There it is. There it is, Billy C. I'm doing it. Let me just we- let that just roll out. <laughs> I'm weaving. <laughs> <laughs> this is great video on basketballnight.com. Hey, guys, we are actually running tight on time, so let's just jump right into the scoreboard. We'll do winners only in this one. All scores are available on basketballnight.com and our Twitter feed, at hoops underscore roundup. Um, James just knocked out the boys' winners, and I'll knock out the girls' winners. With our basketballnight.com scoreboard update. You hit the cue. Later. You just had to hit the right button. Yeah. Here we go. Basketballnight.com scores for the boys. All winners here this evening. The Cameron Dragons, Moorfield, Petersburg, Valley Wetzel, Metal Bridge, Brook, Calhoun County, the Maroon Knights, Lincoln County, Chapmanville, Grafton, Fayetteville, Greenbrier West. Again, all of these winners. Hampshire, Musselman, Sissonville, Liberty Harrison, Wyoming East, Martinsburg, Midland Trail, Scott, Morgantown stays undefeated, Phillip Barber, Notre Dame, Shady Spring, Kaiser, Princeton, RCB with an upset over Bridgeport, Mountain View Christian, Tug Valley, Nitro, South Charleston, Parkersburg, Spring Valley, Van, Hurricane, Polka, Crosslanes Christian, Bluefield, Taze Valley Christian, and West Virginia School of the Deaf. Again, all of those winners on the boys. On the girls' side, Wood County Christian beats Greater Beckley Christian in the WVCAT tournament. In the sectional tournament, Parkersburg Catholic eliminates Work County. Doddridge County eliminates Calhoun County in Class A Region 4, Section 1. Other winners tonight in girls' high school basketball, Greenbrier East, East Fairmont, Summers County, Martinsburg, Jefferson, Richwood, Tulsa, Westside, Princeton, North Marion, East Hardy, and Wheeling Central Catholic all pick up wins tonight in girls' high school basketball. That is your basketballnight.com scoreboard update. Tied on time, but we got one chance to go to the phone lines, and Rick Kozlowski, unfortunately, we were running late, so we've got Rick with us here from the Martinsburg Journal. We're going to knock out this phone call. He's been at the uh, Tough Man. Ah. Cos, how you doing tonight? Uh, I'm about boxed out. <laughs> no rebounding. I mean, I and, and, and I wasn't rebounding. No, you guys beat me to that one. Yeah. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, so you won your fight, but I, right? I, but I followed. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we were joking. You said you were at the top, man. I said so. You won your fight, right? I always win. Yeah. <laughs> 
Unless you talk to my wife. Uh, well, That's a never-winning battle. No, you cannot win that battle. Go ahead, Cos. Absolutely. Well, I, 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 as I was watching the, the matches, I was following the scoreboard on the Twitter site, and I saw that Martinsburg had a huge win, which they're playing their best basketball right now, which makes tomorrow's game with visiting Morgantown very intriguing. Uh, that was uh, they, they played Morgantown tight for a time up in Morgantown a few weeks ago, which was uh, right after the, uh, the big snowstorm in Martinsburg. Basically, had one practice going into that game. Now it's on Martinsburg's home floor. Morgantown has to travel. Well, that's going to be an intriguing match tomorrow. And last week, I also said that I thought Musman was still struggling from its three-point loss a few weeks ago to Martinsburg when they had an opportunity to win the game. And it looks like uh, they, the Appleman might be back, a pretty decisive victory over Hedgesville tonight. And uh, so it's, uh, it's looking good. Sectional and regional play. Basketball. Yeah, sectional and regional play starting up uh, on the girls' side. Sectional play, uh, you know, some games were tonight and a bunch more tomorrow. And on the boys' side here, still about a week away from beginning that. But uh, a game next week for Martinsburg with Spring Mills. Spring Mills has had, had a, you know, still still in its infant stages. So uh, Martinsburg seems to be playing very well. As you said, should be a great matchup tomorrow with Morgantown. Rick, always a pleasure. And uh, sorry we didn't get to talk much longer tonight. Well, yeah, my, my apologies, too. Normally this thing doesn't go as long tonight, but, uh, oh, well, you know, you got to fly now, right? Hey, thank you, Rocky Balboa. Hey, you got that reference, right? Okay, there you go. Because <laughs> hey, we got a burning guys, heart. You guys have a great weekend. <laughs> All right. You too. Thanks, Rick. You too, Rick. Always, again, always a lot of fun cause. And Yes, I just knocked out a movie reference from 1976. That a boy. And I knocked out a Rocky Four there. Yeah. 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 1985. All right. There we go. We need a poll question. Marcus, save us. All right, Ryan. (laughs) Uh, First of all, we'll go to last week's poll question. Under what circumstances, if any, should Sunday games and or practices be allowed? 49% of voters said never. 33% 33% say only when the end of the season gets too busy with postponed games by WVSSAC determination. And only 18% of voters say that Sunday games and practices should always be allowed. Now we'll go on to this week's poll question. It's available right now. You can go to basketballnight.com and put in your vote. What are your thoughts on the so-called Tim Tebow bill? which would allow homeschooled students to play sports at WVSSAC schools. Do you support the bill or do you oppose the bill? You have until next Friday at 11.45 to cast your vote. Head on over basketballnight.com. Thank you very much, Marcus. And uh, got some good creed in there as well. That's right. I, I've hit every Rocky reference. So you're, just, I, you're just knocking Rocky I, I, out. I'm a big fan of the Rocky series. I love series. Rocky. I mean, I, I, up to really Rocky is, Four, I wasn't a big Rocky Five fan. Right. The 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 Rocky Balboa yes. is a good movie, and then Creed is great. I haven't seen Creed yet. Uh, yeah. My son saw it. He said it was okay. It was a little. little Your dry. son's not gonna understand. But yeah, that's the thing is he he's not gonna understand not because enough. he's not old enough to be able to go through all that. So I guess that makes sense. But uh, 
Bill, any <laughs> big one tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, Martinsburg and Morgantown. You know, if 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 Morgantown holds on, it's it's crazy to think that we could obviously have a matchup for the state championship if this this team in Huntington runs in. That the winner, the runner up of the state, is going to have one loss. Yeah, that could be incredible. <laughs> and, and let me give a big shout out to uh, in Martinsburg in Berkeley County to uh, their maintenance department able to get the roof leak taken care of. Mm. Always appreciate it when a work order is put in and, and gets taken care of by the the folks who are paid to do so, and uh, definitely, a, a, you know, that, that speaks volumes of what they were able to do. And we we had two uh, games tonight, but for next week, girls, bring on sectional basketball. I'm ready. It's I, playoff time. I'm ready for the postseason. I'm ready to fly. How about you guys? I'll be in uh, Tuscaloosa next week. Yeah, you're going to see some of the top right. softball teams I'll have, in the uh, country: Alabama, Tennessee, and Arizona. All nationally ranked, although Tennessee got run ruled for the first time in almost six years tonight. You you, you know the elephants are happy there because they're Tuscaloosa. (laughs) (laughs) Always a good time. We want to say a big thank you to our folks behind the scenes who do such a fantastic job here on BasketballNight.com. Look, I'm ready to run I'm the ready, steps. I'm, I'm a, I got to do that over the summer. I'm ready. I'm right there with you, man. Let's hey, go. I'm ready. Yeah, and it's nice and comfortable. So that's like, oh, it's nice. Love it. So uh, for all those guys behind the scenes and for our crew upstairs as well, and for Bill Cornwell, for James Collier, I'm Ryan Upling. Thanks for watching or listening to however you get our show, Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And we'll be back with you next week from 9 to midnight. Postseason play for girls and boys will be underway one week from tonight. Thank you for listening. Have a good weekend, everybody. Thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Tune in next Friday for the latest high school basketball action from across the Mountain State. Visit BasketballNight.com for our show archives, the poll question of the week, and the BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Until next time, have a great weekend, and thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The preceding broadcast was a presentation of the Fast Break Sports Network. Copyright 2016. All rights reserved.